Many strange things happen around here. He was a farmer, wife and two children, who used to live in that old house behind those trees. For no apparent reason, we'd stark, raving man. He walked into his bedroom. The bodies of his wife and children have never been found. And if he hears you call his name, he'll come for you. Come and get us, madman! They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. There's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week. And all the horror stuff that they think is neat Hanging loose through in ridiculous read Not cause we deserve it cause it's what we need Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne They argue about everything and drive each other so insane Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne it's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I'm John Wayne. You know that with me as always is Christopher Triana. We love you, Christopher. Make love to us. Of course, our live studio audience is here as well. Christopher, how are you, sir? I'm very good, man. I'm very good. Uh, and uh, I'm very excited because we have uh, a special guest on the show today. Uh, it's a guy I've known for a, a while. This is our first time kind of seeing each other uh, virtually like this. Uh, but uh, we both kind of r- rose up through the ranks with, uh, you know, anth- horror anthologies and whatnot. Uh, so he is an author. Uh, he is the author of Kinfolk, which is a book that uh, we made Book of the Week at one point uh, earlier this year. Uh, he is also the author of The Monkey's Butcher Block of Horrors. Um, I see I got them all here. Yeah. <laughs> and most recently, his brand new book through Grindhouse Press, our friends at Grindhouse, The Rotting Within. Uh, everyone, yeah. please welcome the great, the gruesome Matt Kurtz. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me here, guys. Make love to us, Matt. All right, everyone, calm down out there. What's up, dude? Welcome. So, thank you, thank you. Thanks, dude. We appreciate you listening. It's a we're a fan of you, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. To the show. Very happy to have you, and very happy to have you for our summer of slashers because I know you love slasher movies, and and we're going to talk about one that you and I. Uh, off camera, debated a little bit at one point a long time ago, and so when we were getting ready to do this, uh, and I invited you, I was like, we should probably do this particular uh, film, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. Cool. Cool. Hey, Chris. Yo. I got my neck tattooed. 
I know. Oh. I saw, uh, yeah, oh, I saw that. Media. See you in hell. Uh, Chris is very against it. And we even spoke earlier and I didn't bring it up and you didn't because I nope. knew that you were upset about it. No, and, I, I figured. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, just, I, I figured talked about you, it. Yeah. I figured you'd bring it up on the show. Yeah. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. I mean, you you like to wave your freak flag, and I support that. I'm a freak too, but I'm more uh, subdued about it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but no, I want you to to do you, and and I want you to be a happy man uh, because I love you. But very happy. My my thing is that I just you know I I, I nag because I care. You know, if I didn't give a fuck about you, I wouldn't be like, don't tattoo your neck. Like, what if something happened? Like, I care. So, yeah, well, it'll be all right. Like pumping gas is like, you don't need to worry about it. And it usually cold. <laughs> so I can just, like wear a scarf and shit. It'll be fine. No, um, but you, you, you could get a better job than pumping gas. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm a, dude, I'm a bad motherfucker. I'll do whatever I want. I'll get to all of my necks tattooed. All right. My turkey neck, my grizzle neck, my asshole neck. All right, and I'll get eleven jobs. All right, you'll, so you'll grow a, you'll grow this, another neck just to tattoo it. Exactly, but my, my I said give a shout out to my friend Dana Dana Graham at Octoboros tattooed my neck, and she did an excellent job. It's a crazy ass goat Satan goat, uh, and uh, she did an awesome job. We're gonna shade it later. She did all these fucking badass lines, but it didn't hurt really. It was I was like ah, this one might hurt. This one might be a painful one, but it was all right. Yeah. I, cause, yeah, because I was going to ask if it hurt. Yeah, all not. tattoos hurt. Yeah. So that's like your baseline, but they're just more sensitive places, and they're different, Matt, different you, people. Matt, do you have tattoos? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, me neither. I don't have any. Yeah. Well, we're kind of the anomaly now because, like, it seems like everybody has tattoos. Maybe not to the extent John Wayne has tattoos, but most people have one or two mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've heard like the uh, the shin. I had a friend that got his uh, shin tattooed. And he said that hurt like a motherfucker. I mean, he he had to do it like in numerous sessions just because he was almost screaming at oh, you wow. know, that, I guess because it was on bone, the bone oh, right yeah, up sure. you know, right yeah. against that and stuff. So, do you have shin tattoos, John Wayne? Do you have a shin tattoo? I don't. I have my like calf tattooed when okay. I left calf. Yeah. So, but it it's just like kind of comes around a little bit on the bone. But mm-hmm. I my worst like I think I've shared was my stomach. It was that hurts the worst mm-hmm. for me so far. And I have my chest back. Yeah. Tops of my feet, my fucking whole arms well, up to my you're, armpits. You're still so, doing, you're still doing the back. That's like yeah, still my, work in progress, right? Yeah, it's still getting worked on, but yeah. uh, that pain, but the stomach was just there was no like release, like relief mm-hmm. anywhere. Just like go, just tattoo me. And I did yeah. five, five and a half hour sessions every two weeks. Every other Tuesday, I went from work to his house and just like do it, just do it, so it'd be done because it hurt so bad. But then it's awful. worth it because now I'm a super yeah. like <laughs> super badass. Uh, you, got, you got to suffer for your art. Like, look, you you turned well, off the fan so we wouldn't have to hear it, and I, I, I got my I and I endured the pain of my stomach getting tattooed. But all for okay. this show, dude. You know, I don't I don't see how the tattoos are for the show, but uh, I I appreciate your your service and your sacrifice. <laughs> hey, thank you for your service, dude. Thank you. Well, uh, at the top of the show, we want to uh, give a very special shout out. Um, I want to shout out to my old friend, Joe Sakovich. Uh, Joe and I met in middle school, 
And uh, we kind of grew up together during the death metal era in Florida in the early 90s. We were both super into it. We went to a lot of shows together. He's actually the guy who got me into Carcass, uh, which became my favorite death metal band and remains my favorite death metal band of all time. Uh, and Joe is a, is a fan of the show. He supports the show. And uh, he was the first person to donate to our special um our special beer fund, which we have, which is if you donate to it, if you enjoy the show, you can donate, you know, five, ten, a million bucks uh, to the to the show to just help pay for any expenses. And I'm actually talking to you on a new microphone. Hopefully it makes a difference because uh, we've been having some audio problems. And the new microphone is actually sponsored by Joe Sakovich. So thank you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Shouts out. Big, big shouts out for me, man. I really appreciate the support. Uh, you're an awesome dude for life in my book for Sure. And do you want to mention that shirt you're wearing there, buddy? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. I'm going to show it right now. Uh, Joe also surprised us with uh, T-shirts that he made of the show using the image that you would see on any wherever you get your podcast. This is like our our logo. And this is the Chris and John Wayne Vital Social Issues and Stuff official T-shirt. Uh, and uh, thank you, Joe, for that. That was a great surprise. John Wayne, you'll be getting yours in the mail soon. I'm sending it to yeah. you. Yeah, and uh, I, the sleeves will be blown off as soon as I get of it. Course, imagine, of so course, of course. I'm sure he uh, won't mind. He actually was. He actually said, "Sorry, I did. I couldn't make it in black. I'm still figuring out how to do that." Because uh, you know, I know yeah. you have this this thing about having to wear black. I do have a lot of things. Yes, I have yes. a lot of rules. Yeah. Um, I was talking about that with somebody yesterday. It's like I guess I do have a lot of rules. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, Joe, you rule, man. And like you were yeah. saying, the beer fund, uh, he he donated that. That's at our, our webpage, chrisandjohnwayne.com, K-R-I-S and johnwayne.com. And uh, it should be pinned at the top of the page. I had some weird trouble with it, but it's it's there either way. It's at the top of the page or it's on the page. You just go there. It's a picture of us with Roy, uh, Chris and I with Roy. And it says, you know, the Chris and John Wayne beer fund. You click on there and you, like I said, you can donate. Uh, there's like little tiers set up, but you can also just donate whatever the fuck you want. And yep. every bit helps. We appreciate it immensely like chris said everything just goes right back into the production of the show um chris needed a new mic so we were able to pick up a new mic and and we just we just appreciate it we appreciate you listening and if you, you don't don't feel like oh i gotta now i gotta give these guys a fucking donation fuck no you don't have to tell Pete someone about the show you know repost the links that's fine but you got a little change you want to throw a old uncle johnny uncle chrissy's <laughs> way you know huh maybe we wet our beaks a little bit you know that's yep. fine yeah, so that's, that's up on kristenjohnwayne.com, exactly right. so you can check out that link there. Yes, yeah, so yeah, don't feel obligated, but we do appreciate it very much. It helps a lot, and it helps us keeping you entertained. If you, uh, and like John was saying, there are other ways you can support us too. Uh, if you, what, Wherever you listen to your podcast, if you want to go ahead and give us a five-star rating, we would appreciate that. Uh, you know, share the link, share the banners, uh, or just, you know, tell people word of mouth. So, Also, we uh, all write books, so you could buy books, and that's great too. I'm glad you mentioned that, John Wayne, because I think it's time for our first segment. Oh, really? Yes. And that's a little segment we like to call Book of the Week. Book. Book of the Week. All right. Book of the Week. And we're very blessed uh, to have the author here with oh, us. Oh, we're so blessed. So blessed. <laughs> we are. It's great. Uh, uh, so book of the week is we're doing another Matt Kurtz. This one is called The Rotting Within. Uh, and so we're going to talk to uh, Matt about this a little bit. And I'm going to read you the back cover 
real fast here. The rotting within. Fleeing an abusive boyfriend, Kenzie Moore and her two small children seek refuge at the Sunrise Bed and Breakfast, a scheduled inn run by her estranged grandmother, Shirley. While there, Kenzie and her children promise to follow one simple rule. Stay away from the third floor, where its bedrooms house a pair of reclusive old women. Though the inn seems an idyllic place to start anew, Kenzie quickly discovers something malevolent not only lives under its roof, but moves within its walls. When Shirley is called away and the kids are mysteriously stricken ill, a torrential storm further isolates the family and brings forth something out of the darkness, something whispering for Kenzie to kill the children. It all culminates in a terrifying game of cat and mouse, where Kenzie must battle both new and old demons while trying to prevent an unimaginable horror from taking place on the floors above. And again, that is The Rotting Within, available uh, from Grindhouse Press by the great Matt Kurtz. Uh, this is... Uh, this is a, a kind of a, a, a total shift from uh, your last book, Kinfolk, uh, which uh, I loved. And John Wayne, you you said you really enjoyed Kinfolk as well, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I Matt and I were talking about it while you went to, like for your seventeenth break. Yes. you keep making you make us take all these breaks. It's in Chris's contract. Well, before you continue, uh, I got to go, but, and I got. Oh, okay. I, I, no, no, I have to take them all out. That's the thing. Like, you know, no, no. Yes. We were talking uh, off mic, as people say, uh, about re about kinfolk, and yeah, I I loved it. Remember, I texted you when I finished it. I texted Chris, mm -hmm. and I was like, dude, this book is badass. Um, yeah, and you. we were talking. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone should check it out. That's why it was book of the week. We we're like, we got to do this one. But uh, yeah, it was weird. I was talking about you're in Texas as well. So we're both Texas boys. And that book actually takes place in Texas, right? Like that's so yeah. do you uh, does this new one take place in Texas? Did I miss that? Or did, yeah, 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 yeah. I've kind of like started this like uh, uh, kind of like Castle Rock, this uh, fictional town called uh, Penumbra, Texas, and all these cool. weird things like these all uh, uh, what what I plan on doing is having them circle around that town and not actually write a book until I'm ready to actually to, to write a town, you know, a book about that town. So nice. that's, that's kind I of, love uh, yeah. Like that. yeah. So kinfolk, yeah, they passed through Penumbra and they lost their phone signal and stuff. It just knocked out the signal. And then this is another one that's like, I think it's just North of uh, Penumbra. So, so is it going to be a, a shared universe or is it just different stories that happen to take place in that same, like you said, like Castle Rock, all the characters in Castle Rock don't necessarily meet each other, but it's like this fictional world. That yeah, is, yeah. yeah. It'll be like a fictional world. Like, uh, like I, I'm, I've had like an outline for another story or another uh, novel that I'm planning on writing and just having them just mention something about the like for rotting within, you know, have them mention the, oh, is this the, 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 where the town where the kidnappings happened or, or where the, the grandmother went crazy and killed, you know, t uh, kidnapped the kids and stuff. So like that. Mm -hmm. So just, just short little uh, things, but not, not characters actually, uh, uh, you know, crossing over into other books. So right. just kind of keeping it like, you know, at least not yet. At least yeah, not yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's cool. It's one of those things. Like if you know, you know, like if you read, you read mm -hmm. the books, you're like, Oh, I remember when they said that. And Oh, oh. Yeah. but you don't necessarily have to know that to like yeah. get what's going on or anything like that. But it's like those little cool kind of like, you know, in there for the readers, it's cool. Like you're tying everything together in this, you know, weird way. Like we said, I like, I really dig shit like that. So, um, I'm looking forward to to more of that. Um, but Texas as a place, I, I do you usually set things in Texas. Is that I think something that's important to you or 
Yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, again, because this is supposed to be that fictional town in Texas, so right. a lot of it right. is going to be, you know, probably that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think the majority of my stuff, uh, the stuff that I've written and the stuff that not not including the short stories, but the, um, um, the at least the two novels, um, I, I think that the with the shared kind of universe or, or being based around there, um, a lot of them. I, uh, are small take place in small confined spaces like uh uh kinfolk was like a siege book in a in a farmhouse basically what it boiled down mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. um and then this uh the rotting within is the same thing where it's it's uh an isolated uh bed and breakfast you know um so coming from a filmmaking background um a low budget filmmaking background i always kind of write wind up somehow and it's not really intentional it's just the way i i write uh of writing small uh intimate settings and stuff as opposed to some big apocalyptic you know uh thing i would rather do like a uh a smaller setting of a, a just a few characters uh, i guess one of my favorites would be like like uh night of the living dead you know yeah, of just yeah. the the characters in the house with the a- external threat the siege you know and uh them bickering and fighting each other you know while there's the external threat outside so yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely dig that. I love that kind of siege story, like Night of the Living Dead, Assault mm-hmm. on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I yeah, I can see what you're saying with the, with the two of them both kind of having that. Um, but I I, I still say that uh, they're 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 kind of they're very different books in the sense that Kinfolk uh, is is kind of cool because it when you when you're reading it, it feels more like a um, like a crime novel. I mean, you have that gruesome opening that's very horror, mm-hmm. but then after that, it feels more like a crime novel, almost like a Jim Thompson type of novel, uh, and then it it slowly gets into the the, uh, the Texas Chainsaw kind of like crazy people living out living out in the woods that you know the, are not necessarily our protagonists, I guess, even though they're the criminals kind of come across. Uh, whereas Rotting Within, although it's not necessarily a haunted house thing it's it, it's more of that like evil house kind of feeling you know like uh um uh amityville horror type mm-hmm. of you know uh so so these books kind of kind of came from two two different places in a way i'm guessing yeah yeah it's uh, uh well with kinfolk it was a lot there was uh, a big time testosterone driven uh, novel, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was a cast of all males and one female. And yeah. when I got done with that and it was gunfights and, and car chases and all that stuff. And, um, when I got done with that, I wanted to do a quiet horror type thing. Yeah. Um, and, or at least attempt to do a quiet horror. And, uh, and then I wanted to also flip it and make it all females. Um, it with like, maybe like one or two males, you know, characters, mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to try that instead. And, uh, again, tried to do the quiet horror, but then about halfway through, I was like, I gotta have a chase scene. I gotta, (laughs) you know, I gotta have a fight. I gotta have, you know, and it just, you know, it wasn't going to be like a ghost story type of thing where it was like, you know, the changeling or something like that. It was going to be, okay, it's going to have to have this all leading up to this big fight, you know, and that's, that's, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's very good. It's a very fun book. Um, and I and I really like the whole extreme horror meets crime fiction uh, approach that you had uh, to it. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, I, I was talking with uh, uh, Jared at uh, Death's Head about that, about how, you know, I love the whole splatter Western thing. I love the extreme horror Western tie in. But I was like, what about other genres like, you know, yeah. like like crime, like extreme horror 
meets crime, you know, like, and so uh, we're actually kind of working on something uh, about that. But I, I don't want to say too much. Um, but also speaking of uh, slashers, uh, you know, which which we're doing this summer, uh, you, you have a couple of slasher stories that you wrote, uh, including one uh, in one of your volumes of, of uh, Monkey's uh, Butcher Block. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Dookie, Dookie Boy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Dookie Do- Boy. Is it Dookie yeah. Boy or Dookie Man? Yeah, Dookie Boy. Dookie Boy. Yeah, yeah. Boy. I know. I didn't think you were going to bring this up, but okay. Well, I mean, I kind of have to, dude. Yeah, well, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. him here. Bring him out. Dookie yeah. Boy, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find out if he's the father. It's like, uh, like the other thing pops up. He's like, Matt, we need to talk. It's Dookie Boy. <laughs> And I mean, we don't, we don't have to get it too in depth into it, but I just wanted to bring it up because uh, you had mailed me the book at one point, and you actually flagged it with a post-it note because yeah. so we had talked about how much we love eighty slashers, yeah. uh, and it's a funny story. It's definitely comedic horror. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it, it, it's. Well, it's about a, uh, you don't sound like you want to talk. Well, about yeah, I know it's it's <laughs> it's uh um yeah it's it's it kind of uh, what a, well I kind of give a little bit of backstory of of how I came up with it and stuff was um it, uh, well it's basically like a, a group of uh, uh, teenagers that go uh, into a town and uh, uh, they're told their their intention was not to visit a haunted house this quote unquote haunted house but the locals keep on saying you know you don't need to go up there to that house it's haunted the Dookie boy will get you so that piques their curiosity to where they're like Dookie boy we're going up there so they go up to the house and they decide to spend you know to investigate to see what this Dookie boy is and that's how it all kind of kicks off um, and it's it's like a ten thousand word uh, uh, I guess what novelette is that considered a novelette yeah, or is that yeah, I would say so. yeah, yeah. It's, definitely, it's definitely more than a short story yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, and that's and that's basically what it is and it's he's uh, I don't want to go into like what he does or what his uh, 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 <laughs> Well, with a title called Dookie Dookie Boy, Boy. yeah, yeah, we can can infer, uh, you know, our our audience, uh, but um, connecting the dots, probably or not, (laughs) or drawing their own uh, picture. What it was, uh, was a uh, it was a call that uh, uh, originally, um, uh, Pill Hill Press, the publisher, um, put out for uh, rest uh, in power, yeah, 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 because you you had a couple stories in one of their, yeah, anthologies. Back at back in the Pill Hill days, man. Yeah, that yeah. was like, like oh man, over a decade ago now. Yeah, yeah. 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 So sounds like uh, a, like a place you guys used to party or something. <laughs> yeah, Hill. back in the Pill Hill days, we also go out <laughs> yes. there, make out, yeah. talk to each other in, 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 in a in a pile of pills. Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, but, sorry, go uh, ahead. Go ahead, um, Max. So uh, <laughs> uh, they put out a call for a uh, like a comedic horror. Uh, 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 anthology full of uh, every cliche that you could think of. And mm-hmm. Shane McKenzie was actually the uh, uh, editor on that. Um, right. And then, so I, right. I, uh, when, when I read that and it's like, I want your most cliched horror thing, you know, about the don't go in the house and they go into the house and everything that you can think of. That's what the call was saying. So I just basically from all the slasher films that I saw and all the horror films just kind of combined it of all the, just the dumb things that people, you know, when you watch them and, and, and see them in there yeah. in the movies, you're just kind of like, why the fuck are you doing that and stuff? So it's like, okay, so that's why, I, you know, I had to put all that stuff in there. 
anyway, so uh, wrote it and uh, submitted it, and he accepted it, and um, he put it as the uh, the the final story, which was really cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, always had, always an honor, always mm-hmm, an honor yeah, in an anthology, yeah. be the the first or the last story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he he wrote me and he said, you know, you're sick, you know, when he went with the acceptance <laughs> letter, you know. And then um, he also said, you're going to be really happy that uh, I got uh, Jeff Strand to write the uh, the intro for the book. And he's like, and Jeff mentions you. So, uh, and then when I got the book and, you know, read it, basically Jeff, uh, Jeff Strand said the same thing, you know, what the hell is wrong with Matt Kurtz? So, you know, <laughs> so yeah. anyway, but so. Well, when I, when I, um, uh, my first experience reading you was in DOA 2, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Bloodbound Books anthology that we were both in, uh, and um, uh, Finger Cuffs. Yeah. That's the name of it. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, just want to make sure I remember correctly. John Wayne's already giggling. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember that that was the one that really stood out to me in that anthology. Um, and I think that's when I first got in touch with him. I just wanted to let you know. I was like, hey, dude, that story was really good. Um, and like the whole thing is good. And I don't want to give too much away if people if people want to read it. I believe it's in one of the monkeys bucket. Books, yeah, right? it, it's yeah. uh in the first one, volume one, the volume box one. of horrors. Yeah, box of horrors. Oh, box of horrors. I'm sorry, yeah. that's right. It's it. That's right. They all have different names. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's think... ridiculous. So it's I should have just made it. You know, monkeys, whatever. Book of no, horror, no, one, no, two, it, three. But it's yeah. no, not not at all. I think it works well. Uh, that, but yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I screwed it up at the beginning. So it's there's monkeys, box of horrors. Monkey's bucket of horrors and monkey's butcher block of horrors. So that yeah. was my mis- that was my mistake. Sorry about that. No, um, no uh, but yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, finger cuffs. Uh, I what I really liked about it is like we we start off and the the we're seeing it. The main character is actually a pedophile who's kind of searching for prey, you know, and. Uh, they're, he's in the middle of nowhere, and these two little girls are running like a lemonade stand mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. Yeah. And and so you're like, oh shit, this guy's gonna go after these little girls. But what we find out is that the little girls are really just bait for something very, uh, very uh, dark and nefarious. Um, and I don't want to give away what it is, but. I really loved that idea of like using these little girls as bait for horrible people. I thought that was really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're very welcome. Uh, and it's a really good story beyond that, but that, that premise alone I thought was ingenious. I was like, Oh man, how, how can I steal this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that one, I think it was, I'm trying to think back. I mean, I have, I have story notes in, in the back of each one of those uh, books. Um, but uh, I think it was the, um, uh, I was driving down like this bad part of town and I saw these like little girls out in uh, just a, in a, in a, in a uh, it was basically a, a, a torn down apartment uh, a parking lot. And um, so there was like no one around and they had a lemonade stand set up there and they were little, they were like five, six years old. And sure. I drove past them and I was just like, why, you know, there's no parents around. There was no car, wow. like, like in the parking lot, like behind them, like with parents, you know, sitting there watching them. And I was like, what are they doing? You know? And then I was like, something, you know, obviously something awful can happen to them. Yeah. And then that's when it started kind of, you know, the wheels were spinning of like, well, what if they're out there for a reason? You know, what if they're, yeah. you know, they're yeah. the horrible ones and stuff. So I don't, I don't think what, they were selling, what, like, uh, 
I don't think they were selling lemonade, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool. Like, like that's that's kind of how this stuff comes to us. I mean, yeah, all three of yeah, us are no writers doubt. here. Like, it'll be this, this slight little thing that you see in everyday life, and it just gets those wheels going. It just lubricates the wheels of your imagination. Um, yeah, I would have been the same way as you were, man. I, I would have seen that and been like, what the, f- what yeah. the fuck is this? Uh, even I remember... Um, it was maybe five years ago. I was living in North Carolina at the time, and it was a nice neighborhood. It wasn't creepy or like an apartment complex thing or anything like that. It was just like one of those neighborhoods that's like almost out of a Tim Burton movie, like Edward Scissorhands, where everything's very cookie cutter. Uh, and there was this, th- these kids that, that were right out in front of their house. So it wasn't weird, like your experience. But they had a lemonade stand, and they were also selling brownies that I guess their mom made or something. And... Uh, and I, I, I gave them money just because I like I felt like, oh, this is so cute. They're doing this. I gave them money for the lemonade. And uh, and then I, I I was driving. I was driving. And I saw them. And I stopped. I got the lemonade. Just and I throw the money out the window. Like, no, 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 no I didn't. I, no, no, I didn't. I stopped. I gave them the money. I got the lemonade. But then I, I threw the lemonade out the window. I just like dumped it out. I didn't drink it. Because <laughs> I'm like. I'm like they don't have a permit. Like I don't know like what they're yeah, like I these know. kids. These There's kids Johnny are, permit over here. Like ah, I have to write them up for this one. <laughs> but you don't know what it puts in it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Know. I'm like these are kids. They're probably picking their ass and then then stirring it with their finger. Yeah, that's, you know? that's half the adventure. You just you don't know what's in it. You just drink no. it and say like, well, say you know. Well, you're you're gonna, pay, you know? you're more experimental than me because you're a, a drug addict, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, functioning so it's all good this is true this is true mm. uh but but no um yeah I, I just kids, I, you know you got to put them through college some way dude Come well on. i gave them i gave them the fucking money i gave them the money i just didn't drink the lemonade um but uh but no the, the permit thing is funny because this is an actual real thing where cops have shut down lemonade stands because of that because of like health code violations and them not having a permit it's crazy it's just like this is just the world we live in now with every, where everything's bureaucracy For little kids. kids and shit they're coming yeah. to some little kids I'm, I'm serious this is a this this has really happened yeah it's uh and this isn't new this is this has been happening for years now where you know because it's a health code thing you know, mm-hmm. it's it's like the same thing that's like grocery stores and restaurants face uh, where it's just like, well, are you wearing gloves and oh, are you OSHA safe? And just like it's it's, it's a, and these kids are like, I don't know, because, you know, the kids. <laughs> yeah, the kids yeah stupid, exactly. You know? so, yeah, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. But anyway, um, probably the best uh, damn I, lemonade ever, dude. You missed it. Out was, on you it. Know, it was, it, I'm sure it was country time, you know, and it was just like straight out of a packet. But uh, uh, but anyway, time. um. What a time. But anyway, Matt, uh, tell us what you're working on now. Uh, do you have something in the works? Yeah, I'm, uh, it's a, uh, a editing. Uh, it completed a 45,000 uh, word novella. And um, uh, so I'm editing it right now. And uh, the, the plan is to get it done, uh, get the all the edits done and ready for submission by the uh, end of the summer. And uh, it's basically what it is. And it's actually kind of uh, the complete opposite of what I just said earlier. Um, it's uh, giant monsters invading um, uh, an amusement park. When the power goes out at the park, a uh, storm knocks out the power at the park and traps everybody on the rides, like on the roller coasters with the lap bars and stuff. You know, oh, they can't wow. get out. Out. 
oh, and shit. then these dark uh, the monsters come out of the darkness and it's not it's not monsters like giant it's not like giant monsters like um uh, godzilla and king kong it's actually like uh bugs and arachnids like kind of like uh starship troopers type oh, those things okay. you know? right, right. yeah and, giant and, giant uh, mosquitoes yeah. yeah 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 it's just a fun it's a dumb fun monster you know uh, uh book you know and that's what i kind of yeah. wanted to do but i do but Again, I do focus on just a small group of of people trying to get out of there. So it's just like you're yeah. you're with them the, the entire time, you know. Yeah, it's kind what of kind happens. of a it is kind of a throwback to like the '60s though, with like the giant ants, the giant bugs, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. Uh, where do, I mean, if it if if it's giving too much away, just just say so. But uh, where do these monsters come from? Do they just come from uh, space? Well, or? There's a construction site across from the the highway from the amusement park. It's like basically a construction site, and then uh, the highway, and then an amusement park because it's it's based on um, Six Flags over Texas. Because uh, I used to work there when I was like 16, so mm-hmm. I knew exactly. So I, I was drawing on all these things of like, okay, now the location if they went here and they went here, so which, and and about that being trapped. Which in a one in, in in Dallas in, or San Antonio? In, in, yeah, oh, in, in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I was going to ask uh, if this was like because I was thinking Astro World at first when you were talking about this. Yeah, and... no, no, it, it's yeah uh, the the Dallas one, very cool, um, or I guess Arlington. Um, so uh, uh, it's a construction site that as they're 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 you know uh, digging and stuff, and and the the little thing is there the uh, it's the Penumbra Construction Company. So there's the little. You know, th- see, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, this, yeah. dude, this fits into the thing, <laughs> I was right? Like, How okay, cool, I throw this cool. in that's and awesome. stuff, you know? So, Fuck yeah, dude. yeah see, so, that's, uh, that's one of those things where people be like, what? Like, Bentley yeah. Little does that, like, at the yeah. stores, everything, just throws in those shit, and you're like, oh, I know what that means. You know, yeah, and if you don't catch it, it, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know? So, Easter, Easter eggs. Easter yeah, exactly, eggs. exactly. So, um, they, uh, they're basically, they hit something like a gas line, or they hit something in the earth, and it, it just causes this huge explosion in the earth, and then these things start to, you know, crawl out. It basically splits the, you know, the, okay. the area and stuff, and and that's where they come out, so. Yeah, that's that's very 60s, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's the kind of stuff I, I grew up watching on Saturday Night Frights on our local Fox Indicators. It, it, it is. I can't even talk. To, I can't even talk. Evan Williams has made me stop talking. Uh, syndicate. Syndicate. Um, yeah, where they just. Yeah, where they showed uh, just old horror movies from the '60s, and a lot of it was giant, but like them and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and movies like that. Tarantula um, and their. Tarant- yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then they showed a little bit of '70s, like Killdozer and other bullshit. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, very, you know what I think cool. about? I think about that. It, I think it's pretty freaky, man. Pretty, pretty freaky. Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. John Wayne has brought out that old turd and dusted <laughs> it off. Pretty and... freaky, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, so... but again, it is. Uh, it's a complete, you know, uh, flip from what I, the last thing I wrote. That's what right, I just want to kind right. of do is hop around and just you know just do something you know uh, different each time and stuff. So I decided, yeah. okay, you know, I've always wanted to write like a giant monster, you know, or giant. You know, especially because the thing that freaks me out the most is the, um, and they're included in this, is the uh, uh, trapdoor spiders. Um, mm. Those things are freaky as hell. And in fact, I, I, I had to, you know, I was watching, doing the research and watching them on YouTube. And the way those things come out of nowhere and just attack, it's just freaky. So I had to put them in there. So that was yeah, like, you yeah. know, one of those things where it's like, but yeah, I just wanted to do like a giant, you know, kind of uh, play on the fear of, you know, uh, 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 arachnids and, and but you know, big bugs and stuff like that. So right. That's what right. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, I look forward to that as I do all of your stuff. Thank you. Uh, Likewise. 
And uh, I think we need to get to our next segment now. Are you guys ready? I think yes. so. Okay. That brings us to Ridiculous Reads. Ridiculous. Oh, God, it's so ridiculous. So, uh, Ridiculous Reads is on me this week. Uh, and it's on you, baby. It's on you. Uh, uh, hi, Bear. Bear is kind of interrupting Ridiculous Reads. She wants to give her own Ridiculous Read of Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, but uh, shouts, out, shouts out, Bear. Shouts out, Bear. Shouts out. Uh, so anyway, um, I wanted to keep in line with the uh, slasher theme that we're doing all summer. Uh, and I have read from this book before. Uh, but it was kind of sloppy because John Wayne and I were together at the time. He was here at the, the Triana compound and we were kind of getting met, uh, pretty fucked up because we were partying. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read from this, but I'm going to read a different scene. This is from Jason oh, Lives, oh, yeah. That's Friday, right. Friday 13th, part six. This is from the nice. Mum Library. Uh, and I did read from this before, uh, like I said, but I'm going to read a different scene. Uh, and I figured I'd start early with this. Um, and I'm doing the scene, uh, as, as we all know, uh, it went, the series went in a different, brilliant direction with part five, A New Beginning, and gave us the birth of, of Roy. Uh, of which, uh, like, we should make that a fucking holiday, like the premiere of that movie. That should be like our Christmas, dude. Like the right, birth I'm of looking Roy. it up right now. Just okay, to make we're, sure. I don't, right, I'm, gonna... I'm, I'm actually going to self-flagellate later because we don't already know this. But, you know, I'm going <laughs> to Yes, we should punish <laughs> ourselves. Uh, but anyway, uh, that film still does feature Tommy Jarvis, uh, you know, like which is the biggest Jason adversary we've ever had. Uh, he, of course, was played by Corey Feldman in the, um, in the uh, fourth movie, final chapter. Uh, and then... He has a brief appearance in uh, Corey, anyway, has a brief appearance in part five. And then, of course, there's another actor who plays Tommy. Uh, and then Tommy appears again in this part six, which is Jason Lives. They wanted everyone to know it was Jason is back. Uh, and in this in this early scene, uh, Tommy and his friend Hawes are going to Jason's grave uh, to take him up to... Uh, destroy him? Uh, it's definitely a terrible idea. I don't know what they were thinking. They probably should have just left. That off. Yeah, alone. it's so convoluted in the, the beginning of that movie. Yes. Where it's just like, why are you doing this? Yes, he's got. Yes. I gotta make sure. I gotta make sure he's still dead. Like he's exactly. fucking dead, dude. And, yeah, and he's and he's also he's also bringing the hockey mask. You know, it's just like I've got a very. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, oh, yeah, like, oh, and, and by the, the way, I've got there. this. Like, yeah. yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, so convenient. He's definitely asking for it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read from this scene uh, where uh, Tommy and Hawks are uh, digging up Jason Voorhees. Tommy climbed out of the grave. He turned and stared down into it at the cause of all his madness, at the monster that had stalked his nightmares. His lips began to tremble. He started to feel dizzy. It was all coming back to him. He heard his sister screaming, No, Tommy, no! That's my uh, awesome female voice. Um, anyway, uh, a much younger, much more frenzied version of himself, a child filled with raging hatred, bent on vengeance, driven to kill, screamed, Die! Die! 
Kill it. Kill it. His breath came fast. He looked around wildly and saw an old, ruined, wrought-iron fence a short distance away. He started moving toward it like an automation. Hey, where are you going? Hawes said, thinking that they couldn't just leave things like this. They couldn't just leave the grave exposed. They had to cover it up again, or somebody might figure out who did it. Tommy grabbed one of the slim, spear-like posts that made up the iron fence and pulled on it hard, working it loose. It finally gave, and he pulled it out, then turned, heading purposefully back toward the open grave, brandishing his weapon. Hawes came running up to him. "'What's that for?' he said, frightened, not sure if he was frightened for his friend or frightened of him. "'Tommy, what are you doing, boy?' "'Okay, now, first of all, who calls their friend boy?' Uh, <laughs> well, Chris, it was a different time. That's true. That's true. Tommy went right past him, ignoring him. Hawes stared after him, open-mouthed. And suddenly, with shocking clarity, he saw what his friend was going to do, and he shook his head, refusing to believe it. No, he thought. Jesus, no, he's not going to tattoo his neck. Okay, no, it doesn't say that. I'm kidding. He's going to fuck Jason's ass with that thing. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Tommy had reached the grave, and he stood staring down at the rotten corpse inside it. <clears throat> his lips quivering with fury, his eyes wide open, white showing all around them. He raised the iron spear and leaped down into the grave, screaming, You bastard! He plunged the spear down with all his might, driving it deep into the corpse's chest. It went in with a soft, thumping, squishy sound. That's that's the best I could do. I apologize. So if you're not watching the the YouTube stream, which should be, Chris actually like took a bucket of mud that he had under his table, like fisted yes, this bucket of mud to make I did. that. Well, I stuck my boot in it and was just trying to get it out. Yeah. Uh, Oh, shit, said Hawes softly. This wasn't happening. It couldn't be happening. Tommy had gone right off the deep end. What was he going to do now? Tommy yanked back on the spear, jerking it loose, then grabbed it down again, then again and again and again. The force of the blows jarred the body, causing maggots to drop off the decomposing face. The insects scuttled away, looking for shelter as Tommy attacked their grisly meal with mindless fury. Finally, his rage vented, Tommy rammed the spear down for the last time, driving it right through the corpse and feeling it stick in the wood of the coffin beneath it. His chest rose and fell as he gasped for breath. He climbed up out of the grave, feeling suddenly disoriented, sick to his stomach. It felt as if he had awakened from a horrifying dream, a night terror whose frightening images had lingered and superimposed themselves upon his walking vision. Boy, he must have really messed you over. Hawes said, staring at him with astonishment. Tommy reached down and picked up the white hockey mask. He held it for a moment, staring down at it. The holes that were part of the mask's design, meant to keep hockey goalies from sweating beneath unventilated plastic, all seemed like evil little eyes staring back at him. For a moment, okay, that's uh, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that's that, just awful. Come on, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I, I was like, should I say something or Is that four, That's four thirty on a Friday writing room. Like, yeah, evil eyes. <laughs> just leave. Come on, let's go. Let's yeah, yeah, happy yeah. hours on me, guys. Come on. He tossed the hockey mask down into the grave. Then he bent down and uncapped the gas can. You won't come back, Jason. He thought, not this time. So Tommy Jarvis is a sucker, I guess. Uh, 
You'll never come back again. It all ends right here. There's enough gasoline here to soak your rotted flesh through to the bone and turn you into one big torch. I'll give you hellfire, you murderous bastard. I'll cook you until there's nothing left of you but cinders. Nothing! And then there won't be any nightmares anymore. I'll be free of you at last, purged by the flames. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. So this is this is his him saying this. This is not like an interior thought or... or, or... Is that... uh, well, no, I think it's it's his interior. Yeah, okay. it's his interior okay. thought. Okay, yeah. I thought he was saying all that. I was like, I'm glad they cut that off from the film. So. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is what even... we're supposed to be reading that, like he's thinking that by he's his thinking facial this. Okay. He's thinking okay. this. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But like, again, he's already dead in the ground. You're going to dig him up to burn him? Like, what, what well, are we doing here? This is this is Tommy's he's, idea of... The uh, evil eyes and the mask holes. I, got, I mean, come yeah. on, can't leave well enough alone. The sky suddenly lit up with lightning, and one of the jagged bolts lanced earthward. The spear sticking up out of the corpse acted like a lightning rod, drawing the electricity, and sparks flew as the lightning struck the spear, missing Tommy Jarvis and Alan, Alan Hawes by inches as they leaped for cover. They didn't see the lightning travel down the length of the iron stake, impaling Jason through the heart. They didn't see it bathe the body. They didn't see the veins of electricity dancing over the corpse, crisscrossing it, writhing like snakes. They didn't see the decomposing eyelids suddenly flash open. Deep within the primitive reptilian brain of Jason Voorhees, I gotta read this because we're getting POV from Jason, a twisted spark of bestial consciousness returned, ignited by electric fire. The feral eyes, uneaten by the teeming swarm of writhing maggots. Of course, why would they eat the eyes? Uh, as if the worms somehow knew something no one else could know. Glowed as if red fires burned behind them. Sluggishly, thought processes revived and ganglia squirmed with shock. That's a good line. Ganglia squirmed with shock. That's the name of John Wayne Nine's new death metal album, actually. That's yeah. one of those, like... Uh... Ah, uh, they looked up like synonym, like synonyms for the, like whatever word, and they're like, "Oh, this one sounds cool." Like they just use the word, and it's like, I do, I do love saying spastic ganglia just because I got it from Futurama. Well, um, it's like uh, jurgling girdles of coin, or ah, uh, yes, yes, jingling girdles of coin. That's jurgling. Cool. That's something different. Yeah, but yeah. jingling. <clears throat> All right, almost done, folks. Uh, the inscription on the tombstone tombstone said "At rest," but there was never any rest for Jason. Each time the tortured soul of Jason Voorhees was resurrected from the limbo it had fled to, it came back stronger, meaner, conscious only of the burning hate that had driven all reason from it. Hate for the people who had heard it. Hate for everything that lived. Just like me when I wake up every morning. Uh, <laughs> it hated being denied the rest it longed for. It was like a wounded animal attacking everything that came within its reach. It hated life. And so it worshipped death, romanced it as if death were a teasing lover who remained forever unattainable. And now it lived again. And that is from Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, part six. Awesome. Yes. Now, did the electricity <laughs> bring him to life? Did he just happen to come back to life when the electricity struck? Uh, are we to expect that he was suddenly reanimated because, like, uh, like it's through some Frankenstein as logic? Yeah. yeah, I think it is a Frankenstein oh. type thing. Me too. That, Me yeah. too. That that yeah. jump started his heart again, and and you know, 
and yeah. brought it back. That's exactly well, why I always saw it too, is that it was definitely an homage to Frankenstein mm-hmm. and that it brings him back. Um, uh, this is also when we get our first r- real zombie Jason. Zombie Jason, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's very, he, he's definitely beyond human in, in earlier episodes. Uh, in part four, he's very, um, like, almost looks rotted. But this is like his first literally out of a grave Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, have so. you have you read the uh, the rest of that book? I mean, did you read it all the way through, or uh, oh, because... no, 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 no? I, I, okay. I've just kind of I've just kind of skimmed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, because no, no. I think <laughs> I think that's uh, either in the book or something like that. They have the uh, scene at the end with uh, Jason's father um, coming to the grave, or, or something like that, and that's oh, how shit. it kind of ends. Yeah, oh, it's shit. either. It's either uh, I remember the director uh, Tom Tom McLaughlin I think mm. that's his name yeah I, I think uh, so yeah he it was either he was talking about it in, um, either that's it was at the end of the screenplay and or the original screenplay and they included it in the book or maybe it was just in the original screenplay and they cut it out of the book but but there's a scene yeah where the, like a grave digger is like uh, uh, burying Jason's uh, or, or whatever or Pamela uh, Voorhees's um, uh, grave and then some stranger comes up and 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 and, and starts to you know look at it and then it's jason's father somehow you find out i can't remember how it was but somehow it's like and that that's kind of where they were planning on going with you know another another spin you know on oh, taking wow. it. Yeah. i think i wow. i think i actually know how that is like the grave digger is like sir can i help you and he's like no i'm just here to mourn my wife <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the second dusty old turd that he's breaking out. Uh, I had to, dude. It was like yeah. a softball. Up he was waiting to use that. Oh, it's a softball, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big fan of the lazy comedy, Mr. John Wayne. No, dude. Uh, this is just—it's not lazy at this point. It's uh, fun. Mm. Uh, all right, like well, I... Houston Five Hundred. It comes all the way back around to being good, you know. Okay. Uh, uh wait a minute is that a phone is that a phone that's ringing or is it oh yeah it is it is the cory hotline yeah cory hotline come on your face i mean come across uh but we chris we moved on a little too fast because i was gonna say our holiday the day that Roy was introduced to the world, mm. March twenty second, nineteen eighty five. All right, so, so we'll we're have gonna to mark that next year. Yeah, and we'll have to have a, a Roy celebration. Yeah. Oh my God, Roy cake! Well, and yeah, we'll put just... we'll put up the Roy tree. Roy, we'll, oh, dude, I can't wait. We'll, we'll have, have we'll have dinner at like four in the afternoon <laughs> at Roy's. <laughs> we, have, we go to this restaurant called Roy's. We just Roy's Ro- Roy Rogers, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll find something. It's gonna be glorious. So join us, March twenty second, twenty twenty two, for Mark, Roy Day, twenty four hour live telethon Roy Day. Okay. I'm not signed. I I am not signing up for this. This man does not represent me. <laughs> well, you did sign your power of attorney away to me. I know. I don't know why I did that. I don't know either. <laughs> Not my best move. No, but <laughs> all right, so, uh, took it back, so it's all good. Anyway, the Corey hotline is a hotline. Uh, that's hot. 
like the Corys. And we were just talking about uh, Cor- one of the Corys in this, this last segment when you in Ridiculous Reads. Sure. Um, and this is li- much like that, uh, available 24-7 to do really anything you want, just like Corey Feldman. And uh, you can call us at 832-930-1347. That's 832-930-1347. Leave us a message. We play one call every week. So uh, don't worry. If you leave a message, we're going to get to it. And uh, if you want to, uh, you know, especially ask us a question about these, uh, the, the slasher, some are flashers, we'd, that's great, um, you know, and uh, whatever, we'll see. So here's our call of the week. Uh, Christopher, are you ready? Oh, man. Here we go. Yeah. That means that means yes. That's a yes. Hey, Christian John White, so from Portland, we both. Um, what are you doing the slashers of the month? Um I wanted to ask you guys, what director do you think could make a really good slasher movie that never made a slasher movie? I thought of uh, Darren uh, Darren who you know directed The Wrestler and Black Swan. Like his like his movies build so much tension. Like you're on the edge of the seat the entire time watching it, or like you know you're constantly looking around the corner, like what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Um, uh, any of the directors you thought would make a great slasher film that hasn't directed a slasher film. All right. Love you guys. Later. Cool. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Love, love, you. love you back, dude. Um, uh, great question. Yeah, very good question. Do you want to go first, John Wayne? Or Yeah. No, go, you go first because I'm now I'm okay. going to have to collect my thoughts. Yeah. Um, that's definitely uh, There's definitely a couple of people that I think would be great uh but i guess it's debatable um you know some of these people that like that come to mind are are gone now uh i guess it's debatable whether toby hooper directed a slasher i guess maybe toolbox murders might be considered one um george romero i mean maybe martin could be considered one i don't know Mm. i guess that's all debatable but if i'm thinking about modern day um I, I kind of go to Alexander Aja because I think he's uh, really, really great. Uh, and he gave us uh, High Tension, which I guess could also almost be a slasher. Um, uh, and he gave us the Hill, Hills Have Eyes remake, and he's produced a lot of great stuff as well. Uh, so he comes to mind because I think he would make a very gory, brutal slasher movie. So I, w- I would like to see him maybe tackle it. Uh, I don't know if High Tension really counts as slasher or not. But I don't know. I guess it does. I guess it does. So I don't know. I, I think I'll have to sit and meditate on it more uh, to come up with somebody. But Darren Aronofsky is a very good suggestion. Uh, he's a great director. I love uh, The Wrestler. I love Requiem for a Dream. Uh, so, John Wayne, what do you think? So, yeah, so that actually was a great example. Like, like you said, Phil, Darren Aronofsky would be a cool one. I... um just just to be uh, me, I, I would say, you know, why don't we like have John Hughes make a slasher? You know, um, let's see something like that. You know, uh, some good a guy, 80s, uh, guy <laughs> play, you know, a white guy plays a Asian dude and slashes everyone up type of weird. Uh, I was thinking, type of, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking maybe like instead of like the Michael Myers, William Shatner 
face. It could maybe be like a Chevy Chase mask or something. But exactly. Then, you know. Something. You know, I put put the put the feel good uh, '80s movie spin on it. You know, where you know we just have a song at the end and pump our fists. Well, you know, I think we've I was... got that though. I think we've gotten uh, not from that... him though. Well, of course not. But he's also dead, so it's a little late. But uh, uh, see, it'd be even cooler for you. Did it from the grave. Yeah. It's true, but I do think we've had the plenty of eighty slashers that had that kind of John Hughes feel to it. I think April Fool's Day, Killer Party, they kind of have that feel where they're kind of like an eighties time capsule, you know. Um, how about you, Matt? What do you think? Do you have someone in mind? Um, I would have to. I would have to look at my DVD collection and see, but uh, I, I would uh, just off the top of my head, I would say um, uh, D- uh, David Fincher. Just to to see, you know, um, I mean, straight up slasher, you know, yeah. and stuff. I think that would be really cool. Um, and then uh, also, I mean, he's one of my favorite directors, but uh, uh, he's uh, Michael Mann, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Like see what he could do. Um, yeah. yeah I he guess, obviously, would show no interest in that, but you know, it it, it would be kind of cool because everything he that he he's directed, I absolutely love. So it's yeah. just. Well, I guess Manhunter is kind of a thin line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think about I mean, that. it's it's more of a thriller for sure, but it it, it definitely kind of uh, dances with the slasher, you know, uh, genre in a way. Yeah, when I saw that as but, a kid, uh, it scared me. So, I mean, that was that was a scary. Oh my god, definitely. you know, just the tooth fairy coming up the stairs, and yeah, it was just like yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I'm thinking it's almost borderline slasher, like um, you know, you know, wearing the mask and. Uh, God, that finale with Inagata DeVita playing and everything. God, so good. So creepy. Um, but no, that's a good call, too. Because, yeah, Michael Mann, he makes some great shit. Yeah. But he's definitely delved into horror, mm-hmm. if not if not slasher. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we still need a good uh, copy of uh, The Keep on uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. Just to see it, you know, and, and the way it's supposed to be shot, you know, the way you would, the, the color corrections, because I think they show it, they used to show it like on uh, Amazon Prime, but it was like a uh, a four by three format, you know, um, uh, yeah. uh, version. And it just, yeah, so it wasn't, yeah. wasn't watchable. It was like watching it on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, we do need a, a, a good release of that. So if Scream Factory or Severin or anyone's listening, we need to keep. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thanks for the call, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Gary Marshall. Thanks, Phil. Gary Marshall. There we go. Yeah, that's another one. What did Gary yeah, Marshall? What What does he do? Pretty Woman. You know. Oh, okay, like, so it's, you're yeah. making a joke. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it'll still be interesting. You're yeah. making a joke, dude. Well, no, you, you, uh, no, you are. Uh, like I was yeah, like, yeah, who's yeah, this? Yeah. And now I realize why I didn't know who it was. Um. <laughs> there, All right, guys. Fine. Well, I oh. think it's. Hey, whatever. Uh, I, I I think I think now uh, I think now it's time to get into uh, the meat of the show. Uh, are you guys ready? I am. Yes. All right, all right, guys. It's time for summer of slashers. All right, this week we're talking about a little slasher film uh, from 1982, and this is a movie that uh, our guest Matt wanted to discuss. Uh, He and I kind of uh, talked about it a little bit 
a few years back and kind of debated back and forth on it. So I thought this would be a fun one uh, to talk about with him. And of course, uh, John Wayne and I and Matt as well, we all kind of revisited it uh, last night and today just to kind of get it fresh in our minds. And this is a little movie called Madman. And this film is brought to us by Joe Giannone uh, and Gary Sales. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, Madman, a little bit of Madman Mars, as the villain is known. Uh, so starting off, we always ask our guests first, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Madman? Mad Do you like it or, or what? Um I, I like it. I like it. Um, I think the filmmakers had uh, in, uh, good intentions about making a, a good, scary horror film on tier with like, you know, uh, uh, Friday the 13th, the burning, um, you know, Halloween. But, uh, yeah, it didn't happen. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they tried, they, they tried and stuff, but uh, they tried to make a memorable villain and, 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 you know, whatever, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it makes me laugh and it's entertaining. It's not a great film, but it's entertaining. And that's, you know, so yeah, I enjoy All right. it. All right. John Wayne, how do you feel about Matt, man? Now that you've seen it. Uh, I have like, so like Matt was saying, you're, you know, it, you listed off like a, you know, a list of movies like, yeah, it's like kind of like this and this and this. And like that is like at the beginning, it they throw every trope in the kitchen sink out like at you. And it's just like, all right. And they do it again at another point in the movie as like, just in case you didn't get it there. The, 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 and then they just listed them off just so it's like a catch all for everything. So I, like it, it, it's it's like that in the sense of like this, the tone of this movie doesn't know what it's trying to do or exactly what kind of a movie it is. But it's entertaining and it made me feel like, uh, you know, I think I, I wonder if this is like some community theater group or some like group of like theater, like, you know, I don't know, actors that are just like super close and they're like, we're going to make this horror movie, you know, and they, you, they're used to acting on stage and they're all together. So they're like all like, yeah, and all super happy about it. And that made me happy. Um, mm. <clears throat> but I might have made it up. You know, I don't know if it's real, yes. but that's what I thought. I was like, I bet these people are all friends and this is fun for them. And I had, I actually had a note that I believe that they believe that they're doing a good job. So I, so like Matt said, it, it is entertaining. And I will say that uh, I liked it for that. It was, uh, yeah, I liked, I, it was decent enough to watch. Didn't like, I wasn't like Jesus Christ. Mm. So, uh, mm. okay. But, um, okay. What about you? Bat pussy uh, level or no? <laughs> well, not, nothing's on level with Bat Pussy. Uh, Madman is kind of a, a, a tricky one for me, um, and I'll explain why. Madman was something that I had heard about. It was like this legend from the dusty video store shelves for the longest time where people who knew of it were like, oh, man, this is the like it was some unsung slasher classic that I had to see. And I had already seen so many others. Um you know, before it, you know, the burning and, and the prowler and all these other ones that I managed to find after like hearing about them. Uh, and Madman came kind of late to the party for me. And I'm here. I am expecting this slasher classic and it just didn't live up to those expectations at all. Uh, and so I really didn't like it the first time that I saw it. And this is a long time ago. This is maybe 15 years ago. Uh, I really didn't like it. And then I came back to it again. I watched it another time, many years later, maybe, five years ago now and i was like yeah, yeah i'm still not crazy about it but i appreciated it a little bit more for camp value uh, no pun intended it being a summer camp 
Uh, is it though? It, well, it, it is. We'll get into that. Uh, right. But but it, no, it, it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> and then watching it again the other night, I I, I found myself very uh, bored watching it. But I want to say this because uh, particularly I want to comment on some of the things you just said, uh, John Wayne. Um, the movie, uh, like it feels, it definitely. You're right that it feels like a bunch of friends got together and made this film, but that's actually not the case. Um, this film, they actually uh, put out an ad in backstage and had about 300 different actors audition for this thing on uh, backpage because I had it. I had backstage. On backstage one time. Oh, okay, different. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Backstage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually. Uh, our lead heroine in this is Galen Ross, who was in uh, Dawn of the Dead and was also in Creepshow. She played uh, Leslie Nielsen's wife in Creepshow. And I didn't realize that until I was researching uh, to do this show, that she, that, that was her. Uh, hmm. You know, she's buried up to her neck and she's getting the water in her face. Uh, that's that's her. Uh, so huh. she was kind of somebody. And she actually went on to do a lot of directing, directing um, uh, uh, documentaries and such. Uh, but you also you also mentioned that uh, it it does a lot of the tropes like uh, the burning and, and Friday Thirteenth and stuff like that. But here's the thing that I you know like I was thinking about it this time when I watched it and I was like I'm, I was like maybe I have to give Madman more credit than I did before uh, because although it seems like it's doing all these tropes, this movie was filmed in 1981 uh, and came out in '82, uh, so this is really a really early slasher film. So, like, The Burning also came out at the same time. Uh, actually, while they were filming Madman, Friday the 13th Part 2 came out. So that's the first Friday the 13th where we actually have Jason. Mm. So this was before, they were at least making this before all this stuff came out. Uh, so, uh, you know, and there was a lot of stuff that came out that was, like, similar at this time. In 81, like Just Before Dawn came out in 81. Don't Go in the Woods Alone came out in 81. So, like, we have these kind of, like, Mad Men in the Woods movies that were coming out in droves. Uh, when when uh, Giannone and Sales were first putting together Mad Men, uh, they were basing it on the Cropsey urban legend uh, out of New York, which is a legend that I grew up hearing. Because, uh, you know, I was, I'm from New York. Uh, and then... What happened, though, is that uh, The Burning named their character Cropsey after the Cropsey legend, and they were filming at the same time that Madman was filming. And so they decided to scrap the Cropsey thing and just create their own backstory of this character, Madman Mars. Um, so I kind of respect it a little bit more, taking all that into consideration. But I still think it's a very boring movie. But there are moments that really make me laugh out loud. Uh mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and get into it, gentlemen. Uh, this is Madman. Um, how about those opening graphics and music? <laughs> hey, Chris, I think you uh, disappeared. Is your oh, hold on, camera something fuck up? There, there you go. All right, I, I, I think I hit something uh, on my keyboard. Sorry about that. I was moving That's my. I, I have all my notes, and I think I uh... <laughs> all your shoes and glasses. 
Yeah, the opening. Um, wow, this guy is basically <clears throat> singing. There's people around a campfire. I, I guess we're led to uh, we're to assume this is camp. This dude is like singing, like thou the legend of madman. He comes from the hills and he kills you. Like, and, and it's like it just keeps going on. Like the whole time, I'm like, all right, and and and, and he keeps, he keeps going. This is like the annoying guy in the theater troupe that like everything he does is theater. So he like sings like, you know, well, of course, my lady, uh, my liege, I will have mm-hmm. let open. You know, it's that's that guy, I yeah. think, until the old guy starts talking. And I'm like, oh, that's the director. Like and he put him, he cast mm-hmm. himself in the fucking role it's just it's so not though bad. it's not it's i know but this is all the things i'm making up in my yeah, head as i'm yeah. watching it but yeah uh wow what an opening yeah uh well i'm gonna real quickly um just say what this movie is about madman oh, yeah. uh yeah that's it's a summer camp uh which weirdly has all of these adults and maybe like four kids it's six kids yeah six yeah, kids. yeah six counselors and six kids it's like yeah, yeah. that's a one-to-one that's when i was like is this a detention um, camp what's happening to these kids yeah uh but it's it's supposed to be the summer camp but it's it's not like a, a typical summer camp it's it's like for gifted kids so it's like a learning camp kind of is that um, established ever that's is that where I, i've never yeah no it is opening in the opening, uh, 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 I guess, uh, credits or whatever it yeah, says, something about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a special retreat read, for so. gifted children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wayne's not gifted, so he couldn't read it. Um. I thought it was like that opening. <laughs> it was the X-Men opening. It was like the gifted. Yeah, when I, when I was initially talking about the opening, um, and you kind of jumped into the campfire, which is fine, but like that opening... Like, I, I really like, like, the graphics and the music. It just has that very classic low-budget 80s slasher feel. It's, like, red and black with, like, the trees creeping in. And it's got that synth score, but it's a really cheesy mm-hmm. synth score. It's like... It's very, like, Super Mario. I don't know. It just doesn't <laughs> say, it doesn't have that, like, John Carpenter panache to it or anything. Um, I, I think the score, much like the tone of the movie, is trying to figure out what it is throughout the movie as well. Because mm-hmm. at one point towards the end, like, you get, like, a... Like this, a la Jason, like that's not anywhere else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they all of a sudden decided mm-hmm. to throw it in at the end, and like, I, because I, I noticed every single time they did a, a sound thing, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like it's just, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all we could afford. Yeah. Two bars of that. That's it. <laughs> it's um. Well, I, I want to just quickly get through the synopsis. Um, basically it's, it takes place at this summer camp. And at the very beginning, as John Wayne mentioned, uh, there, you know, the, the campers are telling a, a spooky campfire tale about a character named Madman Mars, who was a man who lived in the area who went mad and killed his, his wife and kids with an ax. Uh, and they, the townspeople hung him, but he managed to escape and no one knows where he's been since. But apparently he still lives in the house that's up on the hill, uh, which where they're like, don't mess with him. And it's funny because like this, this, this camp leader, he like tells the story, but he's telling it like it's this old legend. But it's like it's it's like recent enough that Madman Mars still kind of lives around there. And it's and he, it's 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 weird. It's like you can't decide. But you you had said that the film, uh, John Wayne, you had said that the film doesn't seem to know what it's. The tone doesn't need so what it's going for. And you had said that on our last movie, The Mutilator. And I kind of agree with you on the last movie, The Mutilator. It definitely doesn't understand 
what it's going for. Like one minute it feels like a sitcom and and feels like it's trying to be funny, yeah. and then the next one it's full on balls to the wall horror. I think Madman knows what it's going for. I think it's just trying to be a straight up slasher movie. I just think it needs it. It's trying to like. Uh, it seems like it's trying to check all the boxes. Maybe that's a better way to describe it. Uh, uh, all, the, all the tropes, you mean? Heavy-handedly, like, a... like I don't know. Yeah, they they throw everything in, and it's just kind of. It's it, it's just kind of, I don't know. Just like uh, maybe that's just the way it hit me when I was watching it today. Mm. I was like, all right, let's throw that one in there, and right. but they say it all that like is the opening. This grandpa, like the main dude, is just like, oh. I, I wrote, whose crazy grandpa is this? He's like, oh, and Matt, so don't. And he says, don't say his name because then he'll come. And then his name. And then he says his name. Madman mm. Mars. Well, this, is, this character, excuse me, this is Max is the character's name. And he's the uh, the head of the camp. He's like the, yeah. the head counselor. Yeah. And he's an older guy uh, from the rest of them. The rest of them. Well, I think they're supposed to be like teens and early 20s but some of these people look like they're 40 <laughs> yeah. they, they really don't they they really yeah, do yeah. They're, they're they're all adults i mean they're like yeah they're not they're not your typical teen counselors no, you know no like it's... the one character uh ellie who's like the mousy girl mm-hmm. uh she looks like she's 40 years old mm-hmm. uh it's 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 kind of funny but um yeah so anyway that's the basic plot of it is that like there's this there's this crazy man who lives out in the woods and they all know like or at least max knows this and tells them but it treats it more like an urban legend rather than a reality which of course it is uh and then uh it all takes place on one night and it's just these madman mars uh one of the the kids in the group uh richie he he's like doesn't think madman mars is real and he, so he breaks a window in the house richie and- I knew you were going to do that. I I was doing it the whole time. I I knew last night when I was watching (laughs) it that you were going to fucking do that. Yeah. Anyway. um, Anyway. uh, uh, So uh, uh, he he breaks the window and that kind of uh, uh, arouses uh, Madman Mars to come back and kill. And that's pretty much the whole plot uh, that he's just comes to the camp and starts picking them off one by one. Uh, Okay, so. Now that I got that out of the way, um, uh, by the way, that song at the beginning, uh, I, I think you should cover that with John Wayne is Dead. I think that would be a good, the Madman Mars song. I think that'd be good yeah, for I'll, you I'll put it on the pile. I'll put okay. it on the list. Yeah. Okay, good. And Madman Mars came from Madman Town. But like this guy, okay, so in that opening that we're talking about with all this crazy singing and then this guy like, oh, and then don't say his name, but I say his name. <clears throat> and Richie. Our little scoundrel throws a rock because they're like, oh, it's just, I don't know. I'm like, what is this happening? He's like, and then he lives on this hill right here. And like the house that he's talking about is right there next to where they're camping. And Richie's like, oh, yeah, show him. And he throws a rock. It breaks a window. And then this old Max guy is like, oh, madman, please don't be angry for he knows not what he does, like type of thing. And I was like, what in the fuck is, does he know he's there? Are they trying to scare these kids? What the fuck is happening? That was one of the things that the I was like, okay, well, obviously, I guess he's there. But is this, that made me believe like, okay, is Max a part of this? Is he trying to get these kids killed? Because he gets like his dick sucked by Mad Max after this or whatever, you know? But uh, anyway, what did you think of that, Matt? <laughs> um, well, I th- I think uh, with with Max, it's supposed to be uh, you don't say his name above a whisper. So that's why right. he says his name. He says, you know, Mad Max. 
Mars. And then, and then anyway, that's when stupid Richie jumps up and goes, Bam, Bam, Mars, you know, and starts screaming and going, Come on. And then he picks up a rock and he throws it, you know, across, which again, like you guys mentioned, it's, it's so stupid because they're like, He lives in the house right over there. And it's like, the, it's like the campfire must be like right on the front lawn. Of the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the, the, the cutaway is like this house and you're right there on the lawn and stuff. So, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think Max, I, I think he was just telling the ghost story, but you know, the, the whatever and, and, and still kind of messing with Richie. But, uh, yeah, that's the way I kind of took it. It's just that he, he didn't really believe it, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. it was just one of those things to, to scare the kids, you know? Yeah. So. I think it's funny too, um, that, uh, of course this was filmed in New York. Um, and, uh, Richie has like this thing thick new york accent which i really enjoy um and uh, uh yeah and like you know they're all around the campfire and they're telling this this spooky story and whatever and richie's just like hey man man Mars, fuck you man you know, it's like, <laughs> hey you know, mr it's... miyagi we gotta get to the tournament so i can kick mad man like i put like kmart yeah. ralph yeah. Macchio type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's on. that's what he's like that's exactly right yeah. that's exactly what he's like yeah um but um uh, yeah, so the, then they they kind of just you know they they pack up and they go back to the um, go back to the camp, and we've got our characters. Uh, Betsy is our um, our our main girl, and that's uh, played as I mentioned before by Galen Ross. Uh, and there's this guy uh, uh, TP who <laughs> is very much in love with her uh, and trying to get in her pants, and he's a total creep and a jerk at the campfire and then maybe five minutes later they go back to the place and he's like makes a public apology for being a creep dude and then and, uh, go ahead go ahead no, uh, I, just, I, wrote, I wrote down i hate this guy what a beta cuck like yeah. he is just like oh i'm so sorry when are we gonna fuck tonight but then like it's all turned around because she's like talking with her friend like it's kind of like a uh a, a gender reversal to what the like norm would be at that time because the woman is like i'm not gonna date him when we go back to town you know i'm just having a good time you know fuck him meanwhile the guy's hey, like slip, the, guy, the guy's like the guy's like uh oh i love her so much and then i better apologize in front of everybody so i look like mm. i'm so cool meanwhile you look like an idiot um i was like i fucking well, hate this guy well uh, i mean like you know he he did he did genuinely care about her and he uh he apologized in front of everybody but then <laughs> It, it, but then, like, she is immediately like, okay. And then we come to my favorite scene in the entire oh, movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the hot tub scene. Yeah. Uh, this move, this this scene is amazing. <laughs> it's the greatest scene in the movie. It might be one of my favorite scenes in slasher movie history, actually. Uh, so, although I'm not crazy about Madman, I am crazy about this scene because the two Turn of them. Your camera, your camera back on, Chris. I don't know how I keep hitting this. Sorry. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> this fucking scene. Uh, so Betsy and TP, uh, you got to love a guy who's named after toilet paper, by the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they they decide to go in the hot tub together, and um, and it's just magical. Uh, first, we get a close-up on TP's uh, belt buckle that says TP. And he, yeah, we do. And he's he's got an Audi belly button, which is really <laughs> sexy. Um, 
Always. And then, and then they're in the, and then they're, when they get in there, and there's this wonderful 70s, like easy listening love song plan that's like, I uh, don't need words to know. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, a, I love that song. Like, so I want the soundtrack just for that song, but it, it doesn't <laughs> appear on the soundtrack. I really like that song because I'm kind of a sucker for like 70s. Uh, easy listening love songs. I really like them. Like, ooh, I hear laughter in the rain. Like, I love all that shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, like, I, I love I know it's cheesy, but I love it in this scene. But it seems like they just kind of, like, float in the hot tub and just kind of, like, circle around each hold other. On, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, okay. You, you're, you're blowing right by, like, a very important part. All right. Well, uh, I was going to give TP, everyone a chance to talk about it, but okay. TP backs into the the hot tub, and we get a good shot of his ass, but a very good shot of the back of his ball sack between his legs when he steps <laughs> down into the water. And uh, I definitely did note that. I was like, "Whoa, we get a shot, a clear shot of his back of his ball sack." Um, I just think that we need, which to is also, that. which is also pretty much the only nudity we get in the whole movie. We uh, barely see her nipples for a second. Homegirls. Yeah, 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 we, we, yeah, we, in, yeah. yeah we, we don't we don't see much, but we see a lot of Mr. TP. Um, but no, I'm going to give you guys a chance to talk about this oh, too. Sorry, but sorry. Not, no, it's okay. I'm the, I, I don't want to dominate this because this is important to talk about. Uh, but it seems like they, it seems like they circle each other forever. <laughs> this scene goes on forever, and they're just like like floating in the pool and like smiling, and then they start to make out. Um, so Matt, I know you love this scene. So why don't yeah. you talk a bit about how your feelings? Um, are. Well, I, I actually have some notes here about this scene. Awesome! Um, yeah. So <laughs> fucking uh, awesome. The song, the song. I mean, the song is almost uh, three minutes long. Um, it's like two minutes and forty six seconds. I actually timed it um, because yeah, it, it's like before they even like when they get into the hot tub and before they even kiss, it, it drags on and on because they're circling around. They're doing this weird, I guess it's supposed to be like a foreplay or some type of like whatever, you know, the tease before. And then they finally get, you know, meet up in the middle and kiss. But um, the song was actually written by uh, the producer, Gary sales and uh, sung by TP. Um, but he went oh, by, shit. yeah, Why are you fucking he, kidding me? He was credited, uh, his, with his real birth name, uh, Tony Nunziata Ziata. So I think what it was, was that weird circling was about the drawing out the T's was probably to pad the time so that more of the song could play and, you know, oh. and highlight the song of, you know, oh, Hey, that's, cause that's man, the only thing I can awesome. think of because it's, 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 it's so ridiculous how long it takes, you know, yeah, for the scene yeah. before they kiss. Um, so, and that's the only thing I could think of is like, okay, it was probably like TP and the producer were like, we made this song, so you're going to play it and, you know, play it at least three minutes of it. And that's, you know, whatever. So, um, uh, but overall, that's really it's, interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that it was that that was, but that yeah. makes sense. The song kind of sounds like, you know, what it sounds like to me. It sounds like uh, "Suddenly" by Olivia Newton-John mm -hmm. when the when the guy is singing. You know, yeah. like it, it sounds like that. <laughs> suddenly the wheels are in motion, but like not when like that angel on earth, Olivia Newton-John, is singing, but when that other fucking guy, whatever his name yeah. was, is singing. Uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an oddly placed, uh, love scene in this horror movie that just doesn't, I mean, it just stops the movie short and it's just like, what, what the fuck is it doing in this movie? Cause I mean, <laughs> cause normally in, 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 and, and it is more 
uh, centered on the male nudity, you know, as opposed to because a lot of the a lot of the 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 uh, slasher films were the females, you know, Absolutely. the the na- naked women, um, because of the fact that you know the male audience that was the the main attraction to that, you know, besides the gore and stuff. Um, so with this, it's definitely you know male centered on the uh, on the nudity, um, which I don't know, maybe that was you know TP being, uh, you know, uh, saying you know, hey, I've been working out, I want to you know, along with my song, I want you to play three minutes, I want you to show my ass my, my outer <laughs> belly shaved, button <laughs> i shaved the back of my ball sack and i'd like to make sure that we show that please i've been yeah. working i've been doing a lot of uh work in the gym on my yeah. ball sack and it's nice and tight now yeah. um and then and then uh the the other odd thing is is like when they come back like it cuts away to madman uh walking up to the uh the window to look in at them and it's all the, that that uh, the heavy breathing and stuff yeah, and then it cuts yeah. to them and the jets are off in the hot tub and they come up out of the water they've been under the water the entire time and she says something like uh i wrote it down uh you didn't let me finish all yeah. you men are alike and yeah i'm like okay so like what, what the hell are they, they doing? doing i mean it's like yeah. you know there's so many different things they could have been doing I, yeah like i the, what i got from that it was like well uh i i was getting that like she was almost about to orgasm but then like yeah. he finished too early or something yeah uh that's that's all that i could think but i was just like you know typical I, tp you know? <laughs> I, thought that, I thought maybe that too but i was like man fucking underwater is hard dude yeah. so like it's, if you're both <laughs> under the water fucking and you're no i mean yeah, like where, where was she but, but i was water. like yeah and you yeah. do get it also as you were talking about madman uh mars is looking in the window all <sighs> And the the jets are off, and you get a very clear shot of TP's ass as they come back through the water, like just him. Like it's like it's like he's blocking all the female nudity with his ass as they come up, and it's like all right. So I yeah I wrote down like what what is happening is this foreplay? Are they new? Like are they is this like some nerd shit? Like what's happening? They're like dancing around the hot tub while the song plays. But that makes a lot of sense what you said, Matt about you know that's this guy's song and the producer. Of course they are gonna fucking shoehorn it into this fucking movie right right you know that was probably one of the main things like oh we'll make this song like i i picture them as like boogie nights coked out in the studio like yeah we'll make this song we'll make this movie and we'll put it in the movie and then the movie's gonna be the movie's gonna be great and then the song be huge and like yeah, that's what yeah, I, yeah. that's this is kind of like what i think these things are birthed from but that makes a lot of sense that's pretty interesting because this scene uh if you're gonna watch this scene everybody in this movie that scene is ridiculous you know exactly what we're talking about i gotta say too uh, and like i i hesitate to say this because i don't want to sound like a jerk but um usually like in in these movies our our lead woman is like this beautiful woman and i'm not saying galen ross is is ugly but she has a very strange look to her uh she looks like a goldfish like uh, he's like i I think you know what i I mean (laughs) yeah when i was watching it last night i was trying to pin it down to what it was that just was so awkward about her and what it what i found was that the majority of the time she doesn't blink so Mm -hmm. she just kind of like stares like this and it and it's just and i mean it's like long scenes when she's talking and she just doesn't blink and i think that's Mm -hmm. just kind of odd so yeah Maybe that's it, it, but I also think it's, uh, I also think her eyes may be like a little too wide apart or something like (laughs) she, she reminded me of a goldfish and she kind (laughs) of always has in everything, you know, um, you know, I thought she looked like, mm. uh, like she, like not exactly, but she kind of reminded me of Chloe Savini. Like the, she has like Mm. a look to her, her, something about her face is weird. 
but mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. incredibly attractive yeah. to me like it whatever but yeah she's like just something like you look at this lady's face and you're like like you said like eyeballs or whatever mm-hmm. when they first kind of showed her i was like oh that kind of that lady kind of looks like chloe savini and the more like i went through i was like mm, i guess like she doesn't look like her but she reminds me of her right it's right more, it's, it's, better way to say i also i also think of um uh, it's not a movie i'm really crazy about but the movie vhs and the and mm-hmm. the one segment with the succubus vampire mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah and that like that girl has a really unique uh, strange look to her it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a sexy steve buscemi or something with these weird eyes <laughs> okay <laughs> Kind of made me think of that. Okay. I, never, I never thought somebody would say that. <laughs> so, uh, mark it. An hour 30 into the episode, Chris has mentioned how sexy Steve Buscemi is again. Hey, you know, you know, shut the yeah. fuck up, Donnie. Uh, uh, all right, all right. So let's let's just keep moving here. Um, uh, so so yeah, I wanted to say this. Um, Madman Mars is kind of, um, you know, he's kind of, you know, like he. When he was initially hung for his crimes, he got like an axe to the to the face, and it kind of made him a little like scarred. Uh, but like his hands are kind of like gray and scarred and stuff, so he almost looks like borderline dead. But he's not necessarily dead. Um, but this is this I think is is worth noting because it was it it was being made before Friday the Thirteenth Part Two came out. Uh, th- like he is very much like the early Jason that we got in like part two and part three of this is almost like this guy living in the woods wearing overalls and long hair. That's very much Jason when we first meet him. Don't you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, with, with just the, the look of them, it's to me, it's like, um, it, it, I, I know they wanted to go with, he's supposed to be a farmer and they wanted to go with this wild mountain man type look and stuff like that. But it's just to me, it's it's he's like a a chubby yeti in in overalls, you know, and it's just like carrying an axe. Yes. It's like that's yeah. he he he, he yeah. walks around growling and yeah, you know, and it's just like it's like he lost yeah. all humanity, and it's just yeah. like, but that's what he reminds me of. It's just a yeti in uh, in overalls, you know. It's I actually just, wrote down, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's totally accurate. I actually wrote down. Uh, Batman Mars is Captain Caveman, because uh, like, you know? <laughs> he kind of is perfect. Uh, that is the, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the noises are just dumb. Like they, they are like, yeah, yeah, he makes these little grunts like, and they're not scared. They're not like, they're they're these kind of like goofy, like sloth loves chunk type of yeah. like grunts and stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. Because you always wanted it. Here you go. And they, sloth, and they sloth, did sloth, say, too, that in order to, to scar him up a little bit more, they did mention, Max mentioned uh, at the beginning of the campfire scene that uh, uh, he got his nose, he was so, uh, he was a mean son of a bitch or whatever, yeah. that he got his nose bit off in a bar fight. So, right, you know, right. that's that's more to, to scar, you know, to, to scar him and, and, and make him more hideous. But, but yeah, I, I didn't, I mean, watching it again, I was like, is he dead? I mean, because he is all gray and just it like, is, yeah, it's yeah. like, did, did he get hung? And then, I, I, so it doesn't really ex- explain it. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. 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 He's got claw hands and weird shit like that. Mm. Um, well, can we talk about, let's talk a little bit about the kills, I think. Because um, the kills aren't exactly amazing as they, like, we you know, if, if we're going to reference some of our earlier episodes, like Intruder and Mutilator, the kills are really good in those. Uh, the kills 
aren't terrible. They don't totally cut away. I mean, they show um, that that fat chef guy get uh, Dippy. Get ripped out. And His name is that, Dippy. That, yeah, yeah, Dippy. Yeah. Dippy is the uh, is the Sam Raimi character. That would be the the character yeah. that Sam Raimi would play. Just the That's, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. You know? He walks around. He drinks a whole bottle of Jack Daniels. A whole bottle. Yeah. They've alluded a like man. pretty much to yeah. A man after my own heart. Yeah, he does. Uh, but like we see his like throat get ripped out, and there are mm. some like you know decent kills in the yeah, movie. Yeah, nothing I... nothing extraordinary, but they don't cut away. They don't shy away from showing blood. Um, the first one that I thought was, was really good. Uh, you don't, you don't see Dave die, but you, but Stacy finds headless Dave. Uh, and you know, like, and like, I laugh so hard at this scene when she finds his headless body and then his head is like staring up at her and everything. Yeah, and then like she screams, and then Madman Mars like slowly pulls him away, and you see his feet like falling off the log. I think that's really fucking hilarious, uh, personally. <laughs> yeah, and like it's smash cut to like eight minutes later when the when she gets her head cut off, it's the same torso and head like headless thing. Like they just like double back, and it's the same prop. I was like, well, they got their money's worth out of this one. Like it's when when they when he slams the. When he slams the trunk down on her head, or yeah, the hood of the, tr- the truck. Yeah, yeah, and the and the body is just like it's the same fucking thing. It's the same one. I didn't notice that. Maybe it is. Oh, yeah, I, dude, I totally was like, oh my gosh, dude. That's I kind of awesome. got mad at her in that scene though, where it's like you she should she call was, her, man. Uh, I, I, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but like she she runs to the truck and it won't start or whatever, and you know it's like. Like like we said before, this takes place all over one night, uh, and so you know it's dark and everything. And, I, and I'm thinking like, just stay in the truck. What are you doing out there? Like hide in the truck. You know, I don't know what she was thinking. Uh, she definitely gets killed for it. Um, uh, let, let's mention this real fast. Thinking of like how it takes place all over one night, um, I really think that that hurts the movie. Um, yeah, when you have like a Friday the 13th or something like that, it, it bounces around. It's just like, okay, here's one night, here's the next day, here's the next night and everything. And with a, with this movie, where it takes place all in one night, it almost feels like the movie is one long scene. You know, it doesn't feel like it mixes anything up. And I think that's one of the reasons it feels so slow, despite having steady kills in it. What do you guys think? Matt, what do you think? Um, I don't, I don't really know. I, I mean, I don't really feel that it's slow. I mean, to me, it's, it's, yeah, they supposedly, um, uh, they shot all nights. So it, there's like no daylight shot or, or uh, daylight scenes. Um, but, uh, uh, I don't really, I don't, I don't really think it, that to me, it doesn't re- feel like it's slowed down. And, and I'm trying to think of the other Friday the 13th, so like, uh, uh, well, I know part two, Anyway, I'm not going to go through that, whatever, but um, uh, I don't think it was really slow. I didn't feel like it was slow, you know, on that with with the kill scenes, because what it what it basically did was, you know, it set up the one character going off into the woods and then the next character, you know, going to look for him and then the next character going to look for that character. And then the, so they're just dying, you know, one after the other after the other and stuff. But um, um, so I, I, you know, it was just the steady kills to me. So they are steady. I will give mm-hmm. it that they are steady. Um I, I do want to say this too about it, uh, like 
I think that it had something to do with the filming of it, where they were able, they could only film it at night. Something about it being like a, like the camp having other shit to do that they're well, filming. The, it. the entire cast was vampires, so they could only shoot at night. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. But um, here, here's another funny thing about it is that it's a, it's a summer camp, and you'll notice that everyone is wearing layers upon layers of clothes, jackets, mm-hmm. sweaters, yeah. hats. Yeah, they're about to go on um, winter break. They say at the beginning. Yeah, like Almost a Thanksgiving like a fall, break. Like a like a like a going on a fall break. Yeah, that's what they're but, talking but about they at were, the beginning. Well, they say that, but they're but it's it's supposed to be a summer camp, and they were getting out before fall. Um, and uh, I, I I mentioned this because when they were filming the movie, the leaves were starting to change because they were filming it in late fall, and they actually went and painted the leaves green. To make them look more like it was summer. Yeah. They did. They did. But at the same time, they were freezing their asses off filming this at night. So they're yeah. all wearing coats. So it's like, why even bother doing it? Like, why bother painting the leaves green if you're going to all be bundled up? Just say that it's like fall and that it's you're like. It's fall camp or something. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's not a necessarily. Camp, a, of course. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily a summer camp. I mean, it's supposed to be this like gifted kids camp. So I don't know. It's just kind of funny but i think one of the reasons I, I definitely think it's slow matt um and i think one of the reasons is that i think the characters are very interchangeable and uninteresting i don't think any of them really have any defining character traits i think they're all kind of uh say the other one i think that's a character trait is ellie who is the really mousy one who's dating uh uh the guy with the the, the mustache uh bill Mm-hmm. Uh, she I the one she... playing the fucking recorder, or is that no, somebody else? No, she, she's... no, no. All right. she's, she's the one. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. ahead. Uh, okay. well, she's the one that goes in the refrigerator. Yeah, 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 which is great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, we need to talk about that. Too. Yeah, we will. Uh, <laughs> okay. but, but Ellie is the only one who stands out to me because she's like mousy and stuff to like to the point where I'm like, is she like Forrest Gump slow? Uh, like she, she really comes off as slow to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not trying to joke on slow people. I'm, I'm just saying like, she really seems like she, she talks this very like mousy childlike way. And, and she just seems like she doesn't know what the fuck's going on through the entire movie. Um, also she's the one who looks like she's 40 and Bill, because of his mustache, his seven yeah. mustache. Yeah. He looks He's 42. Like, so like the two of them are supposed to be camp counselors, but they look fucking like fucking in the tent and shit. Like Yeah. But the two of them are supposed to be camp counselors, but they look like they're they're going to their kids' soccer game or something. Like they, they look old, right? Well, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Bill. Um, Bill he reminds. Bill. He's got that whole uh, John Oates from Daryl Hall and John Oates, you know, yes. look. Yeah, so that's that's what it was t- totally you know for that time period that was like the cool look. But every time I watch it, I'm always like John Oates. You're you yeah. know there's so. Um, but yeah, Ellie is just there's something there's there is something wrong with her because of the fact yeah. that like i have notes here of uh when she wanders over after stacy's decapitated in the uh from the the which we still need to kind of talk about a little bit there but sure, from the, uh, yeah. the, the the truck hood um she gets decapitated and then um 
uh, 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 Ellie wanders over and sees Madman with the axe standing over her headless body. And she mm. screams uh, so loud that it makes Madman jump and go, you know, and stuff. <laughs> and then, and then, and then she, <laughs> and then she screams and takes off running back to Bill. And then, uh, and, and when she tells him about what she saw, he's like, you know, let's go check it out. Um, they go over to the truck and and find no corpse and then he says uh well see i don't see anything ellie you know uh and, and she just kind of looks at him and smiles and goes yeah let's go back yeah and, and it's just like you saw your friend with uh, your headless uh, the, right. the corpse of, of your friend with the guy the killer standing over the body with an axe you screamed you know because so you did see it it wasn't like you imagined it and then when you go back and there's no corpse there and your boyfriend says see i don't see anything she just kind of goes yeah i guess so you know yeah, and that, right, it's just right. so bizarre she, yeah she seems she seems slow to me mm-hmm. she seems like like uh, and like, but she's not treated that way in the movie. Like, you know, she's hanging out with Bill. She's having sex. She has like a, yeah. a not, not necessarily a consensual. sex consensual, but, but no, no, it's consensual. But it's like, but but is it is if if she's mentally handicapped, <laughs> you know? Because she really she seems that way. She seems like like she's not all there. Uh, but there's a but, lot of uh, weird things like this. Like you, just to comment on the pacing. I I was I fall in the middle like I wasn't like yeah this wasn't as slow as maybe you thought it was Chris but it, I thought it, especially once the dominoes started falling but I have to go back to like the theater thing like you talked about it all taking place in one night it just kind of reminded me of a play like just how like it's mostly just this that we're gonna see because you don't see a whole lot of like like that's why like the house is right over there you know it just reminded me of a play and this was like a theater group trying to do their thing like especially in some of these monologues that they deliver like. Some of them take on like a British ac- affectation at times. Like Max is like, now I shall go to the parlor to gamble, right, right. and you don't call me. But by the way, I, I love beer when we get home. You know. <laughs> but, just... By the way, I just want to say I love when they cut to him. What she calls him, and they cut oh, to him, yeah. and he's at like the the tavern, and like he's supposed to be gambling and it's just a close-up shot of him holding a deck of cards totally fanned out and he's like oh i'll come right back it's so funny like you don't see anyone else you don't see anything back you just him and like his deck of cards is like fully fanned out like he's in the middle of a fucking game so fucking funny so funny was it cards i thought it was money it was cards wasn't it, was it? cards oh it's oh, cards yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah well it's Either also way. like that that scene is like that or that cutaway. Cause it's just, it just cuts away to that. It's yeah. obviously they shot it at the same uh, uh, location because the uh, it's a low angle looking it's up and up you see, yeah, you see like the, the chandelier type thing. Yeah. And, and I went back and I was like, okay, I'm going to look and see like when he talks about the beer, you know, save me a beer. It's like, I was trying to look at all the light fixtures to see just, you know, whatever. Um, and I couldn't find it, but I'm sure that's what they did because that's what oh, it looked yeah, like. Cause it's like, you, know, you shoot it low angle and just like you were yeah. saying, I'll hold a cut, you know, cards out and, you know, yeah. and hold a, a phone and be like, oh, I'm at the tavern playing guards <laughs> and stuff. It's just, no, with it's totally deck <laughs> it totally feels like that like mm-hmm. you totally get the yeah. sense that they just like shot it right where yeah. they were just yeah. tried to and tried to hide it yeah, yeah. um but yeah I and mean, we could talk more if you want to about like like uh stacy gets killed and and her head gets tossed in the truck um did you have something you wanted to add about that or uh i i just i just find it funny uh just because yeah. you know it's it's 
she's under the hood of the car, the uh, or the truck. The truck won't start. She gets in, the truck won't start. So she gets out. And when she gets out, that's what's even funnier is this. She's uh, seen Dave's dead body, his decapitated body, and she runs back to the truck. She gets in the truck, tries to start it, doesn't start. So she gets out. And as she gets out, she instead of running to the the uh, to get underneath the truck, uh, the trunk to uh, to mess with whatever she was messing with, um, she just kind of creeps out and just kind of looks. And it's 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 just like like she's trying to be inconspicuous, you know. And <laughs> yeah, it's almost yeah. like it's not like fear. It's not like, and that's what I think she was trying to play was like uh, how scared she is looking around. But it, it comes off as just more this trying to be inconspicuous. You just wait for her to be you like. Like I'm not going over to the trunk to the uh, hood, you know. And yeah, anyway, yeah. so she gets out and she goes underneath the hood and messes with it. And then um, uh, Madman he gets on the the top of the truck. Um, uh, and as she's under, and right when she starts to pull out, he jumps down onto the hood, and the hood slams down on her and chops yeah. off her head, her neck, yeah. or yeah. chops off her head. Um, and to me, that made me laugh so hard because it's like normally in a horror film, like if it was a Friday the Thirteenth film, Jason would have just walked up and just slammed right. it down, you know, as she was under right. there. But instead, they have, well, let's put him on top, you know, climb up into onto onto the top of the truck and jump down onto it yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's like it's like a little kid jumping in a puddle, you know. He's just like boom, and then yep. slaps, you know, and then decapitates her. And it's just to me, to me, that was a memorable original kill. So yeah. you know, because it, it's, it it's is, so it goofy, is, but you know, yeah, it is yeah. really funny. It is a really funny kill. Absolutely, you got to give it that. Um, uh, but but and then you have um, uh, Bill. You know, when Ellie and Bill go out to look for her. Uh, and like he grabs a hold of Bill and he's like holding him over over his head, like completely. Yeah. And and like I, every, I, I think I fall for this every time I watch it. I'm like, rip him in half, rip him in half. I'm yeah. really expecting him to like pull him in both directions, rip him in half. Yeah. And he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. He's just like, hey, look, I'm holding him over my head. Uh, so that's kind of a, a bummer, but mm-hmm. uh, much like with the opening and, uh, and early in the film, there's a scene where Richie sees him, uh, sees Mars like in a tree, like creeping in a tree. Mm. And and uh, as cheesy and laughable as that is, that scene and also the scene where Mars is holding up Bill, I kind of like the way that uh, the, the aesthetic of those scenes where, it, you know, it's kind of like this weird technicolor kind of look to it with like a blue in the background and like the use of color in those scenes, I think are, are actually pretty good. I, I, I like those parts. Well, one, one thing, uh, uh, John Wayne, I think you'd appreciate this is that, uh, I'm almost positive. I, I meant to double check it, but, uh, I think the DP director of photography on, on this film, he also shot miss 45. Oh fuck! Yeah, because yeah. I think he changed right his name, and that's why I wanted to double check it. But um, so if uh, you know, but I think he he changed his name for it, you know, for this movie, just like like the uh, like Galen Ross changed oh, her yeah. name. She didn't go by Galen Ross, you know. That's true. Yeah, she didn't go yeah. by that for this yeah. movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, Alexia right. something or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah she made up a pseudonym. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. This, yeah. this poster I have is all in French, so uh, but I also don't think it says DP on it. Yeah. But, uh, but, that's but does it does it mention TP on it though? <laughs> does it have his belt buckle like where? It... No, it just has his back of his balls for some reason. I have this huge <laughs> back of it, of the back of TP's balls, and it says uh, "Madman <laughs> coming soon." Well, um, well, I like uh, yeah. This this movie, it's not 
Uh, I mean, like like Matt just mentioned, probably the the funniest kill in the movie. Uh, and the movie's not bloodless, but it's not exactly amazing FX either. We're not getting what we got in Mutilator or Madman or Pieces or anything like that. Um, but I will say, like, Ellie sees Bill get uh, body slammed or whatever the whatever, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and she runs away screaming. And Ellie, uh, like, this is really funny to me. This made me laugh probably more than anything. Ellie's running around. And uh, she finally, like, Betsy picks up the shotgun, and Betsy's like, what, something's going on? She picks up the shotgun. Uh, and then, uh, like, uh, then Ellie goes into uh, the, the scene that Matt wanted to mention, where she's running from Mad Men Mars. Mad Men Mars shows up, and uh, Matt wants to go ahead and tell us what, what Ellie does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, she she runs in. I guess it's like a rec center type thing, and she runs in, and he's chasing her, and he's right behind her. He's like five feet uh, behind her, but all of a sudden now he's got this limp, and he's like going. So it's slowing down so that she can get the head start. She runs around uh, the corner into the kitchen, and uh, there's in the kitchen there's a refrigerator, and then there's also uh, uh, like double doors, like it, whether it goes uh, 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 through into another room or if that's like a pantry or something but what she does is without even i mean missing a beat she runs into the kitchen goes straight to the refrigerator rips it open (laughs) pulls the uh the metal uh shelves out and 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 it starts throwing all the contents out and then like milk you know milk cartons are flying and stuff and then she crawls into the refrigerator and just slams herself in there and obviously it's so stupid because it's like if she's being pursued and you're the killer let's say and you walk into the kitchen and all the contents of the refrigerator are right. strung across the floor where where's the first place you're gonna look you know and, and, and it's, it's like it's so it's funny so stupid. Yeah. it was the dumbest because i watched it over and over and i was like does she pause and at least like look to see okay maybe the doors maybe the refrigerator let me go with the refrigerator no she runs into the kitchen and goes directly to the refrigerator like that yeah. was like the only yeah. option and yeah, it's so, and, it, it's and it's so all stupid. It is. It is. It's also like, why don't you just keep running? He's got a fucking limp. You know, just yeah. fucking run. But you know, she chooses to hide, which is already stupid. But then, like you said, she empties out the entire fridge. She's throwing the <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's just right on the floor. Yeah, it's not trying to hide it. It's just like milk and yeah. butter, and, and I can't believe it's not butter. And I can't believe she's decided to hide in the fridge. Yeah, it's great. I, I think they're think they're banking on like, well. You made it this far, all right. You watched this this long, okay. So just keep going. Yeah. Just, but, just let it go. But from a, from but a, she's uh, also slow, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even like even like from a, from a uh, behind the scenes aspect, you think that the director, the writer, somebody would say, "Why the fuck yeah. doesn't she go through these doors that are right next to the refrigerator and and go?" But why? You know, I, 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 so that's why it just like it amazes me that it's like did no one on the set, you know see this and say this is going to be comical you know yeah. that this is going to be stupid the audience is going to be laughing their ass off and that's what happened so i mean right, I right. it's one of the funniest parts of the mm-hmm. whole well yeah here's a little behind the scenes thing also for you guys is like uh the producer and tp had invested in these refrigerators uh as well as the music thing and the coke fueled <laughs> Uh, business deal. Okay, and, so, uh, they, they, so they wanted to have, they needed to have that refrigerator in the movie, so they All had right. her pulling everything out. So that she's like, yeah, well, this is how. Look, we're gonna put the move, we're gonna put the song in there, 
We're gonna put our fridges in there, and our troubles are fucking over, dude. That's so. All right, okay, just a so little just... Uh, behind the scenes. Just okay, a little so behind yeah, the scenes for you. Totally <laughs> bullshitting us on that one, but that's okay. It's funny. Um, uh, you know what else is really funny is uh, is when Ellie uh, is comes out of the fridge and is being chased, and as I mentioned earlier, Betsy has the shotgun. And at oh. one point, Ellie pops up and she's like, eh. and, and Betsy just fucking shoots, shoots her right her in the face. Right in the fucking face. Oh my God. Hilarious, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. with no compunction. She's like, just yeah. like, bam. And she doesn't even feel yeah. bad about it. She's like, ah, fuck. Well, yeah, she's shit. like, ah, shit. She was well, dead I, anyway. Like, I shot, uh, I short, I shot Forrest Gump's daughter here, uh, Ellie. Yeah, well, that's, that's so the thing though, with, with the acting. It's just like she doesn't. Yeah, there's no reaction. It's just like no. she's all of a sudden she the the shotgun kicks her back and she falls on the ground, and so it cuts to the Ellie getting her face blown off, and then it cuts to uh uh, uh, Be- uh Betsy, right? Is that yeah, Betsy uh, on the ground, you know, and just and she's like, oh, and then she just kind of gets up and grabs a shotgun yeah. and goes yeah, you know, to, yeah. the, the load of the kids in the bus, you know, it's just yeah. it's just nuts. yeah. So. Yeah, and then she loads. Yeah, she loads the kids off the bus. She's like, "We need to get the fuck out of here. Something's going on." Uh, and Madman Mars comes after the bus, and this is also hilarious. Is like, uh, like he kind of reaches inside, and rather than being like, "Just step on it, let's go," they stop the bus, and mm-hmm. she's like beating on his hand for what yeah. feels. It's almost as long as the hot tub so, scene. Yeah. Yeah. She's just on his hand. It's like, why don't they just hit the gas and just yeah. drive away from him? But now they stop and. Yeah. And then she then she makes you know, like I wrote down Betsy makes bad choices. That's in my notes. Betsy makes bad choices because she decides she's like, well, I'm going to get off the bus now uh, and check things out. And she's like, well, I got to And then everyone's like, no, Betsy, no. She's like, well, I got to see if anyone's OK. It's like, no, go with them. Yeah. Go call the cops. What are you fucking doing? You know? Yeah. And um and actually, she ends up paying the price for it, which is one of the things I do have to give Madman is Betsy's kind of our final girl, but she doesn't make it, yeah. uh, which which is kind of badass for a slasher film. Kind of breaks the mold. Yeah, yeah she definitely and, and, hits that guy's hand eleven hundred times in the bus. By the way, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and actually, a little behind the scenes, so the producer and TP had invested in some buses at that point, oh, so they were showing. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I, I look. I've got notes where it's basically the same thing. It's it's like no one is safe in this film because yeah. you've got TP, the the male lead. He's the the second one that dies. You know, yeah, so he dies. It's early. not like yeah. it's you know going to be the two of them at the end, and then he dies then or something like that. He dies. He's the second one that dies after uh, Dippy, um, and then and then yeah, and then about the final girl being killed. You know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I, I, I forgot that she was killed until I just watched it recently again. Me too. And, Me yeah. too. Then I was like, damn, yeah. it's kind of ballsy, you know? Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. I, 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 I had the exact same experience. I forgot that she died in it. And, uh, and yeah, she gets kind of, uh, she gets, she gets fucked up too. Uh, like mm-hmm. she gets her face slashed and everything. Uh, sorry, spoilers. We're, you know, ruining the, the, yeah. the fantastic plot of Madman. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you've had 40 years to watch it. Uh, which is crazy when you think about it 40 yeah. years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's it, like Betsy dies, but you know who doesn't? Richie. Richie, yeah. the, Richie. Who, who started this whole fucking mess. He yep. makes it out of there. And he's basically, I mean, he's kind of like traumatized by everything he's seen, but um, but he makes it out. Uh, uh, so yeah, I guess, that, I guess that brings us to just kind of like summing up 
the movie now um it's to me like i appreciate the little things like madman did and that it was kind of i don't want to say on the forefront because there were so many others that were doing the same thing right around this time 81 was the biggest movie for slash uh, biggest year for slasher movies like if you look it up like the amount of slasher movies that came out in that year is insane um the, the amount of like uh, uh, horror movies that came out in that year is insane. It was like every week it was a different, you know, yeah. horror movie is because they, I think horror hound had a, a feature. Uh, one of their uh, uh, um, uh, cover stories was the year 1981. And they actually showed like in the article um, going across the bottom, all the movie posters for all the, all the, the movies that came out. And it was like five pages worth. It was just like yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a really like a, a great year for, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of those movies that came out are iconic now. They're like mm-hmm. they're they're classic, not just all throwaway junk. Um, but like the whole slasher thing, the the slasher as we know it, a guy in a mask with an axe or or a machete or whatever, that really exploded in the early eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. After um, after of course uh, you know Michael Myers became the biggest you know highest grossing independent film of all time which wasn't dethroned until 1999 with the Blair Witch project uh so everyone who had a couple of bucks and a camera made a slasher movie um uh so we're let's go ahead now let's like you know we've been running long as we always do let's kind of wrap it up and give our star ratings for this movie madman uh we're going to do one through five stars, uh, one being the worst, five being the best. Uh, Matt, what is your rating of Madman? Um, well, I, I would have to say, I mean, again, it's not a good movie, but I, I find it very entertaining. I laugh my ass off when I when I watch this. So I, I would say uh, one through five, I would say probably probably four just because, Holy you know, shit. yeah, four? yeah. Wow, I mean, wow. Great. you know. Really? I knew you like. I knew you liked it, but wow! Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's yeah. I I couldn't do three and a half. It would be like no 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 no. I I just laugh too hard now. I, doing this, you know, watching this so many times, you know, and and wa- listening to the audio commentary and watching the hour and a half documentary on it, I'm burned out on this film. So I don't want to watch this again for another <laughs> like five years. But, right, right. Yeah, overall, I would say about four. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing all the 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 enduring all the that stuff for the research <laughs> yeah. for the show. I really am honored. Thank you. <laughs> and you can bill your time to uh, at Christopher Triana one two three Fake Street. Uh, um, so, John Wayne, what did you think of Madman? Uh, you know, Madman wasn't like the worst thing ever. Then, for some reason, I think that maybe what has colored this a little bit in my head is that I made up a whole backstory for everyone in this movie. Yes, that was not true. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh, and then this guy's the director. And then, ooh, like they practiced this shot a lot where they all sat up. Like they were like, there was a scene in the middle where the they were in the, the main house after Max left to go to the play cards where the counselors were all like lying down looking at the ceiling and I was like, Are yeah, there mushrooms? Yeah. What, what what's happening here? That's a weird scene too. Like and, and, and then they all that. Yeah. and they sit up and they're like, 
what? Like it looks like this posed shot where the three, like three of them sit up in this weird way when the blonde guy gets up with his knife and he's like, maybe I'll cut ya. Maybe yeah. I'm, uh, you know, maybe now I'm British because that like, he just does this whole weird monologue. Yeah, like, he, ta- he talks about cutting off their heads. He's like, maybe yeah. you don't know me and I could be whatever. And maybe I could cut off your head. And then of course that's foreshadowing him getting his head cut off. Cause he's the one right. that said it. Same thing with the foreshadowing right. of TP's belt. When we see, his Audi belly button that mm-hmm. that is what kills him when he gets hung because you know he he pulls himself up and saves himself but madman comes up grabs the belt you know at the, at the thing yeah. and pulls him yeah, down and pulls down. him free and right. snaps right. his neck so right. and the ult- the ultimate hit you over the head foreshadowing is the the candle thing at the beginning because I, at the beginning i was like he lights a candle they show like in the like i mean it's opening and like the guy the madman like lights a candle and then immediately, like, puts his hand down on it, like, to, mm. to, to like, put it out. I'm like, what the fuck did he light that candle for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I wrote that. I was like, what the fuck is that candle for? And then, uh, of course, at the end, it's because, like, you know, uh, spoiler, 40 years ago, he burned, like, he gets, you know, whatever. They get burned down. But that was, like, the ultimate foreshadow. I was like, okay, uh, you hit us over the head with this one. But not the worst. Um, however... Uh, in my humble opinion, I did like what entertained me the most is the fact that I made up all these stories about these people and I thought they were an independent theater troupe that probably slept together and went to the Olympics one time and like it was a really bad vacation. Um, two and a half stars. Okay. I'm going to give it a 2.5. 2.5. Okay. Right down that middle. Okay. Um, you know, it's uh, like I was saying before, it's kind of tough for me because I think I, I, developed some respect for it more respect for it now like now that i was thinking about all the other uh stuff that hadn't come out yet because the, a big complaint would be like oh man this is predictable cookie cutter slasher but when you think about it at the time when it was being made uh, a lot of this stuff hadn't come out yet um so i do respect that but i will stand by initial my initial statement that i feel like this movie is very slow i think the fact that it's all one night and it's all dark it makes it feel like it's one long scene. It doesn't feel like you're getting many scenes mixed up. Uh, it it has it doesn't shy away from the kills, but it's not super gory. And as we mentioned before, the only real nudity you get is a ball sack. Uh, the back, so the back it loses ball. it loses points for me for that. So I uh, I actually wrote down. Two and a half stars. Uh, so John Wayne and I are, are like exactly the same score on this. We're the handholding club. We're the hand-holding We are. Club. We are. Um, See, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of Batman. Uh, this is at least the third time that I've watched it, and every time I'm like, I should like this more than I do because I love. Uh, and John Wayne, you'll attest to this. I love trash cinema. I love. Mm-hmm. I love slasher movies from the '80s. Uh, I'm very forgiving of all the flaws that these movies have, but this particular one just drags for me. I, I find myself very bored watching it, even though it does have these moments of hilarity, like the, the, uh, 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 truck lid, uh, decapitation and, uh, Ellie being shot in the face and no one, no one cares. That's, that's supposed a funny to be such an appalling scene. Like, a, Oh my gosh. Like, all, I was so like, funny. I was like, Oh shit. That was it's my so reaction. Funny. <laughs> it's so and when also when she like runs and she's running and running through it, she gets to the cabin and then she just kind of like gets to the cabin and she like falls and she's like, eh! 
<laughs> and, yeah, and, gets uh, and runs out and just like, like what are you doing ellie you, you uh, poor, so many poor thing. There's so many someone, someone needs to buy her like a a, a a bike helmet or something like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> a little late for kudos march yeah, late for cutoffs. Yeah, but so two point five yeah. on that. But like I, uh, from a point of view of like it wasn't the worst thing for me. Like I, yeah. it, I thought. Well, it was let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, John, because like, you were very, very uh, anti mutilator last week. Uh, so what do you like better, this or mutilator? Mutilator. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the kills are just way better, and yeah. Yeah. like I, it, like. It, the, Everything that is bad about Mutilator is still like, <clears throat> like, like, oh, this is, am I watching Perfect Strangers? Like, this what is <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's happening. Like, as much as that sucks, as much as it doesn't know what it wants to be, you can also laugh with that. Right, right. Just, in, in my opinion, just a little bit better than you can laugh at this one. But whatever, fucking. I, no, if, if, no, this, I, if I this movie yeah. would have had a fall break type of song <laughs> at the beginning well, well hold on it has the, it has the hot tub it. scene though. let's well, well, yeah, well, well hold on self-indulgent hold, hold on one second i gotta say uh it doesn't have fall break but at the end of the movie when it plays oh, yeah. the theme again but there's lyrics and it's like here he comes he's the yeah. madman mars that song is fucking hysterical it's isn't that so what the guy's singing hilarious. on the campfire or no well it is kind of but like it's more to like the theme music yeah, it's it's, it's actually it's actually a different song. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's the first one. It's called like the Fifth Wind or something. That's the one he starts. The uh, TP starts off singing, and then the the end credits is the actual Madman Mars song right. with right. different lyrics and everything. So yeah, yeah, it's similar. It's, it's, it's similar in that it's like telling the spooky story, but it's a mm-hmm. different song, and it's to the theme that you hear in the in the opening. And God damn it, if that isn't hilarious. And uh, my buddy uh, Greg shouts out. He collects uh, he collects all these vinyls from Waxwork and all these vinyls of uh, right. Of he, and he actually bought the he actually has the Madman soundtrack on vinyl. Right. And oh. yeah, and whenever we hang out, I'm like, put on the fucking Madman Mars song so I can laugh my ass <laughs> off. And I'm like, you're an idiot that you even bought this because it's not even a good score. Like even like the it's just not even good. It's like it's very like one key at a time. Like. Burp, burp, burp. It's really yeah, comes yeah. off yeah, it's like pretty that. rudimentary. Yeah, it but, is. Uh, but the joy that you've gotten out of listening to that record is worth every penny he paid for it. Oh, absolutely. It's it's really that song is really funny to me. That so, uh, it, I think it does in a way have its own. We're going on fall break. Song. I'm telling you, that guy. That guy is like the guy that you know, like. You're like, oh, hey, John Wayne, meet my uh, I'm my new boyfriend. You'd like him. He's he he does theater, and he's like, this is John. Oh, hello, my sire. Oh, la la la. Like the, everyone reminded me of like that, like that guy especially, like TP. I couldn't wait till he died. I hated him so much from right. the beginning of the movie. I was like, you're singing this song on a punch your face. I know guys like this. Uh, you're awful. And then I was like, because they're, they're playing themselves to an extent, I feel. Yeah, I really felt yeah. like they were putting a little bit of themselves in there. That mm. British accent that they would throw in during the monologues was so funny to me. I don't know. Maybe it was a strain of weed I was smoking. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I was like, that was my mindset. So I, I did have fun with that kind of part. So if you want to look at it like that. Yeah. But... Uh, I, again, my, my final notes on this uh, uh, is that 
it's a, it's a movie where I feel like I should like it more than I do. Like it, it feels like it should hit all the marks of like the cheesy slasher shit that I love, but somehow it just kind of misses it. And I do think maybe it's an unfair assessment because of my first experience with it, where everyone had talked like, oh man, this is like one of the great slashers ever. And then I finally, after years of wanting to see it, saw it, and I was so disappointed. Uh, but I will say that I had that exact same experience with uh, Just Before Dawn. And I actually like Madman more than Just Before, Just Before Dawn, because Just Before Dawn, I don't see the appeal of it at all. At all. It's just very boring to me, uh, and no good kills at all. Madman, I think, does a better job. Uh, but that's well, the, another... The, the, the ending of uh, Just Before Dawn, when the... the, the, the the hand the deep throat scene that's mm -hmm. that's that's good that's a good kill when yeah <laughs> how she kills I, him and yeah yeah and there there's the thing with the the, the balls at uh early on in the movie too yeah. but i haven't seen it in forever i only saw it once so maybe if i saw it a second time i might like it better but yeah it's, it's I really, not that good <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's one of those ones that everyone like raves about though that's one of those mm -hmm. cult hits that everyone's like no just before dawn is the best and i just i just don't get it uh like some of the other ones, I can see it more. Like the, I think the burning's awesome. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. uh, I think the prowler is awesome mm -hmm. uh, for the first forty minutes, and then I think it it kind of loses steam. Um, uh, Intruder, which we covered, I think is amazing. Uh, I mm -hmm. think it should be much more popular than it is. I'm surprised, but um, but anyway, that uh, that's, that's going to be our last question. Uh, if uh, Matt, uh, you're our guest. Uh, what do you what do you consider your favorite? slasher it could be a popular one a lesser known one is it jason freddy is it madman mars do you have a favorite um i mean outside of like the big ones like jason freddy uh leatherface it, it could be one of those though like yeah that's your favorite go ahead yeah um like john wayne and i both think michael myers is the best like yeah definitely yeah, yeah I, I would probably say Michael Myers, but one of one of the um, um, uh, the, the the lesser known ones, um, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, and it's kind of uh, along with this the the title of this uh, 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 movie is it's called I Madman. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I, I, definitely. Uh, the the character Malcolm Brand, he's he's the he basically he's he's a uh, the the he's a character from a book that comes to life and stuff, and right. he starts slicing people's faces off and, and stitching it onto his face. But he's like wearing this uh, uh, like overcoat, and he's and, like it's, and a beret. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which and is a, a very odd choice for yeah. a slasher but yeah. yeah he's wearing a beret which is kind of yeah. hilarious but yeah that, yeah that's one that i really like and uh, just the look of them and 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 the other one is uh i really liked um uh toolbox uh murders the remake um, oh the remake yeah the right. remake. that's, that's who? yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. I mean, I really like that killer, the killer, and I liked you know the kills in it and stuff. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was good. So I saw that when it came out, and I and it's one of those ones that I've been meaning to revisit. But it was at least when I looked for it last time, I remember it was kind of hard to find. On uh, but uh, I'm sure it's out there. I'll have to double check. I'll have to look for it again. Uh, but yeah, I Madman is uh, kind of like one of those forgotten ones, and it is kind of this cool. Mm, like almost in the mouth of madness type of thing with like a book becoming real. Uh, and it's kind of the character from the book, but it's also kind of the author of the book yeah. at the same time. But it, it, he does look cool. I mean, once he gets out of the beret anyway, uh, <laughs> 
Because, like you said, he's uh, he's kind of like taking the scalp of this person and the, and the face, and he's kind of like this like sewn together face. Yeah. And it stars uh, the the lead actress is the girl from Pink Floyd's The Wall, who like uh, sucks Pink's fingers. And I remember when I was uh, young, near, near Dark also. The, near Dark, the yeah, 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 Near yeah. Dark. She's the lead man, Jenny, yeah. Jenny, somebody. So yeah, yeah, that was like her only leading role. I think was I Mad Man. Mm-hmm. I always will remember her as the chick who sucked Pink's fingers in the wall because I remember just thinking that was so hot when I was like 14. I first saw that. I was just like, rewind, rewind, rewind. What what if a beret became had become like an iconic slasher thing, like Freddie's glove or Jason's mask? Yeah, like this beret. Yeah, shit. People are wearing those to the horror cons. Like they have like, oh, that's from part six. It's got the slash mark in it and the burn fucking thing. Like, Uh, like, what if that was something? That'd be fucking what a a universe. Unfortunately, he doesn't use the beret like uh, like to kill anyone. It's not like the frisbee in uh, uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii or anything. That would be kind of cool if it was. Nothing is, dude. Yeah, but what if it's something he wore? Like that's got the axe wound in it from part eight. You know, like yeah. that kind I of mean, shit. He, he could have if they had made any sequels to it, but it just wasn't uh, popular enough, uh, I guess. But know. but yeah, that is a that is a uh, uh, one worth noting. I'm Madman for sure. A lesser known one. It's kind of like fallen by the wayside. You don't hear a lot of people mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scream Factory released it. Um, I've got the actual DVD or Blu-ray over here, so it's uh oh. Here's I don't know if you can see him yeah there he is with the beret yeah, yeah. the beret and the, the the needle and stuff so but so, yeah now see i like that beret see i would like <laughs> i would i would be all right with that i'd be like oh yeah i'm i like the beret guy you know he kills people <laughs> it's, it's still beret. really funny what a bold choice wearing, you know he's wearing this like black robe covering his nose and he's got the beret mm-hmm. and it's he's he's very kind of goofy looking <laughs> but 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 him all stitched together is really freaky looking yeah all right, I, I think we've run long enough with this. Think, uh, yeah, this was a this was a great uh, great movie, great episode. Yeah, great great, great conversation, um, Matt Kurtz. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. It was really great to have you and to be able to talk to you face to face like this. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you being here, Madman Matt. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. It, it, it was awesome. Awesome. Absolutely, man. We'll be happy to have you back. Everyone, check out Matt's work. Matt Kurtz, uh, Kinfolk. What's the new one? Split, uh, split T. Uh, what is that new one called? Rotting within. Rotting within. I was totally off. Yeah, uh, but but I, I don't know. But I'm just trying to say, like, check. You're, you're out, still thinking. I think you're still thinking of TP's belt buckle. I think I that's am, dude. Happened. I can't. I rewound that scene so many times. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. We need, what we, a need time. You, we need to get you. a JW uh, belt buckle. Yeah, bring yeah. it on, dude. You I have a somebody made me a leather guitar strap that says John Wayne, like, in, like burned all into the more it. Reason, all the more reason to get the belt buckle. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, until until next time, kids. Uh, thank you, Matt Kurtz. Thank you, John Wayne. Where, where can everybody find you, Matt? I'm sorry. Shout it out. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's see. MattKurtzWrites.com, and that's writes as in writes books. And uh, I'm on Twitter, at MattKurtzWrites, and uh, Instagram, uh, at or whatever, hashtag uh, uh, MattKurtzWrites. So basically, MattKurtzWrites. Cool. Awesome. All right, we'll be looking forward to that new novella as well. So uh, thanks, Matt. 
Thanks, John Wayne. Thank and thank you, listeners, if you've made it this far. Uh, and don't say his name too loud. <laughs> Mad Max. Oh, wait. oh shit. That's, that's a different the, one. Wrong movie. That's a different one. All right. Good night. <laughs>